Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, let's start with the NBA All-Star Game. How about that NBA All-Star Draft, huh? Gobert and Mitchell go last. The last two guys. Charles Barkley. It's slander. Slandering the Jazz. Best record in the NBA. Their two guys go last. On the one hand, it's an all-star draft. It means nothing. On the other hand, it reinforces the way Jazz fans feel like the whole league feels about them. So, we'll get into that later this morning. Right now, let's talk about the actual games. Utah State played Wyoming for the first time last night. They had a two-game set canceled because of COVID. So, uh, Mountain West held one week at the end of the year. They're squeezing one game in. Now the uh, Aggies have to go off and play Fresno on the weekend because they missed a game with Fresno too. Aggies handled Wyoming. They get the victory. It was uh, the last home game of the year. Here's Craig Smith, Aggie head coach, after the game. Coach, that felt like a uh, heavyweight fight out there. I mean, uh, Wyoming came to play tonight. You can tell that's not a team that was willing to concede anything in this game. No, you know, they, they've uh, been off for 13 days. Jeff Linder's a, good, a very good coach, and I knew they'd be ready and had a strong feeling they would throw some different things at us, but just not knowing what those different things were going to be, and they did. And, you know, you got to credit to them. I thought they really got us on our heels. We were tentative in that first half. Uh, a few of our guys couldn't believe how wide open they were because they simply just didn't guard them. And, and, and then – you know, we missed a couple early, and you always want to make those right away because yeah. then they, you start getting confidence and, and, and build off of that. But we kind of were bricking them up there a little bit. I thought we over, started overthinking things. And then when guys would check in, if they weren't being guarded, the first time they touched the ball, they're firing it up. And, it, you know, they didn't really have a rhythm for the game. Um, so, so I give our guys credit, though. They, they – um, they were always talking to each other and being like very supportive. Hey, keep shooting, or you know, stay active, believe in yourself, just those kind of things. And at halftime, you know, at one, I think it was the last media timeout of the first half. You look up and it was tied, which was mind blowing to me. And then we're up at half, and and so I felt like we were in a good spot because um, we were what two for fifteen from the three, I think, yep. in the first half, if I remember right. And so just felt like it was just a matter of time before some of those were going in and then we just i thought got off our heels we just played way more aggressive got way more downhill and and just got more of a rhythm to knock those shots down um and then we were way better defensively in the second half as well got a feel for them you know they put you in space they really drive it and i thought we were sluggish guarding the ball i think our tentativeness on offense carried over the other way um, but I thought we were much more aggressive and got into them um, really the last probably 28 minutes of the, of the game or so. Um, and it was much more difficult for them to get their threes um, because of that. They only, I think they had one three the whole second half. One of 14 in the second yeah. half after so, eight of 17 in the And first. a lot of that, it's twofold. Uh, did a better job in their personnel, but we guarded the ball better. Mm. When you start getting behind guarding the ball, and now you're in rotation, and now the tail's wagging the dog, right? And, and that's what it was in the first half. And I give our guys a lot of credit. We just tightened up, and we're much better on that end of the floor. Has there has there been – I mean, you're really good in transition. We have been. Yeah. I, and I thought tonight that was a difference in the second half. Does that come from good defense or just being more assertive? I think both. You know, uh, uh, I, I feel like, uh, you know, we're playing a few more guys, I think, longer minutes. Besides, I mean, Cade has been playing, although he only played 31 minutes tonight. I say only. Yeah. He had a couple long breaks, but he played most of the second half. Um, but I think Max brings us a lot of speed. 
and instincts. You know, Steven is fast, now getting Raleigh back again, and Raleigh looks more fresh, I feel like, than he was, mm-hmm. you know, in that stretch. Um, and then we know Bean is, like, shot out of a cannon. And then Fonz has done a really good job. So we've been trying to do a little bit more of that. I do think we wore them down. We're a lot deeper team, and you could feel that. Uh, as that half went on, specifically in the second half. But I give Logan Ogden as well, our, uh, our strength coach, a lot of credit because we do a lot of things with speed and agility, and we look really fresh right now. Uh, there was a moment when Kata picks up his third foul with about 15 minutes left in the in the game. And and, and I, I love – and I, I know we've talked about this before. Sometimes it's just instinct or gut reaction. You left him in there, and that's when you really stretch the lead out. You know, a lot of coaches may have said, no, come over, sit next to me, and let's try to preserve that fourth and fifth foul. But I love the fact you stuck with him because, that, to me, that, that next five or six minutes is when you really kind of put the game away. He had a great look to him, I thought, uh, during that stretch. And, um, you know, some of it is depending on who they're playing to. And, you know, it's like if you have a guard that has foul issues, you, you probably take him off a driver and put him on more of a just a shooter because you're more likely not to foul a, a dead three, right? And so – Part of that was who they had out there, and we felt confident that he'd be fine. And, you know, he's at that point now where he's an upperclassman, and we trust him a little bit more in those situations than we did for sure two years ago and even to some extent last year at times. He just has a good rhythm to his game right now, and the game's um, a lot slower than it used to be for him. And I I thought that was a big difference is, you know, sometimes coaches will – take their big guy out because you got to match up to the guards but it's like you know what it becomes a little bit of a battle of will they got to guard him they got to box him out they still got to do a lot of things and know where he's at all the time and that's a big reason they weren't guarding some of our guys you know because they're essentially doubling Kata in the paint without doubling because they just sat on him the whole time they doubled before the post pass yeah Yeah. it was like so you do what you but they gave up some things too that's what allowed Justin to yeah, he missed some shots, but, I mean, he got pretty free around the rim and, and made them pay, once, especially once he settled in. And then I thought he did a way better job as a screener where, one, you know, Steven drills a three because Bean sets a great ball screen. And there's nobody there to pick up or show on the ball screen. And a guy like Steven where, you know, he walks in the gym, he's in range. So he comes off that little pull-up and whap, you know, yeah. knocks it down. And so – um, there's a lot of ways to win games, and I thought he really um, did a good job. And Max Shulka, too, who, you know, Max still a new commodity, so to speak, and has got to prove himself, you know, in our league. Uh, obviously, he's only really played the two games, extended minutes, and they weren't guarding him. And, you know, I, you know, Max gets in first time he touches the ball, launches a three. And, I mean, there's no one – I mean, <laughs> you're closer to me than any defender was when, when he walked in. But I thought the second half – the first time he touched it, he was wide open, but he passed it, and he just found a rhythm to the game, and he sticks those two threes, and then all of a sudden we go, boom, you know, real, real fast, and now they have to respect him and honor him more, and um, and so we'll adjust, and that was the first time that's happened, and uh, like I said, I give our guys a lot of credit for figuring it out. What's your schedule in terms of what you can do? I mean, are you going to leave later tomorrow so that you can get a – some stuff in tomorrow morning. How, how are you going to handle the next uh, you know, 48 hours? We're going to treat it just like a normal road trip. Uh, it is different without a question. You yeah. play on a Thursday, and all of a sudden you got to play on, on a Saturday against a different team. This will be our first time not playing the same team in league play, you know, two games in three days. So um, we'll be – I don't even know what time we're up here. I think we're up here probably about, um, I don't know, 1230 film. We'll go through their film. 
we'll put all their personnel. The good news is we've already played Fresno. Mm-hmm. So we'll go through their personnel, their sets, what we're going to do. We'll have a good feel for them. Uh, we won't do a whole lot live just because of the state where we're at. Um, but we'll do some breakdown stuff, a lot of shooting like we always do uh, in between games especially. And um, hop on the plane and get there. So we're fortunate to have a charter plane where we can – don't have to drive to Salt Lake and just, you know, yeah. go into Fresno. Um, I'd be remiss. Uh, what, when did you make the decision on Brock tonight? Um, yes, last, uh, I don't know what I time. I mean, whenever. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was It was last, eh, we had a pretty good idea last night okay. after he saw the doctor. Okay. So so that's where we're at. And obviously a game like tonight, you know, he, he's been so good for us, but obviously – he was hurt. He's been hurting the last four games. He heard it right before. He literally heard it. Our last live segment. We went really short the day before Boise, and it just happened. Didn't hit a screen. Didn't fall. Just went out. And so it is what it is. And so hopefully um, um, we can get him back here soon, and hopefully he'll respond to his treatment and and what the doctors are doing. Okay, sounds and great. Can, can I say one more thing? I sure. want to thank all of our fans for coming out. You know, it's 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 the weirdest thing. It's it's. It's hard to believe it's our last home game. Like, I know, right? I, just, I felt like we haven't had a home. I mean, we didn't have a home game for five weeks. And then we end the year with three home games. And it's like, I feel like we're just finally getting in our groove again. And our fan, you know, and it's just unfortunate how it goes. But I really appreciate all the fans that supported us all year. Um, it felt safe and comfortable coming to this place. This place is such an amazing um, venue and the the Spectre magic and everything, and our fans are unbelievable. And so, uh, I, you know, I wish we could have everyone coming down to the conference tournament, but obviously we can't. And so I can't express uh, my gratitude, and I know our players would say the same thing for all the support. This place is just incredible, and so thank you all. Yeah, well said. Coach, uh, talk to you in Fresno. All right. Go Aggies. All right. There's Utah State basketball coach Craig Smith. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Michelle Smith, Arizona Republic, talking Arizona State, our spring football tour. The Sun Devils are playing the Utes, the Cougars, and the Southern Utah Thunderbirds. We'll talk with Michelle Smith from the Arizona Republic about ASU next. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. We are joined now by Michelle Gardner. ASU beat writer for the Arizona Republic. Michelle, good morning. I'm great. I'm doing great. How are you guys doing this morning? We are doing well. But I want to give you a warning here, Michelle. First off, you've got a lot of fans listening closely to this because ASU opens the season in Southern Utah, and then Game 3 is at BYU, and then in mid-October, uh, mid-season, they're up to play the Utes. Now, on top of that... I went to UC Santa Barbara. I got I got no I got no uh, horse in this race. But my my partner here, PK, he's he's teleporting himself right now to January first, nineteen eighty seven, and the happiest Sun Devil moment ever after the Rose Bowl victory. So he'll be going over everything you say with a fine tooth comb. So be on be on okay. your A game. You you have no idea the Lions Dan you're about to step into with the 
with the Devils here. Okay. Now, having said that, uh, there's been um, a lot of hype and a lot of pub for Herm, uh, but now we're getting into year three or year 2.5. I don't know. It depends on how you score whatever it was that just passed for a, a football season. When we hear people say they're primed for a big year, you're covering the team. Do you feel that, or do you feel like people are getting a little ahead of themselves? No, I think this is going to be the year for them, most likely. Um, they returned 20 of 22 starters. So, you know, now you've got guys that have been in the program under Herm. I think there might be two or three guys that he didn't recruit, but this is a team that he's pretty much recruited by hand. He's got a coaching staff that's all his guys. So I thought maybe last year would be the year, and then it unfolded the way it did, so obviously it was not. Um, But I definitely think that this year could be their year. But, you know, ASU people have been – they've gotten used to being disappointed. (laughs) You know, so, you know, there's a large segment of the fan base – that's all in and thinks this is going to be the year. And then there's a segment of the fan base that goes, Hey, I'm going to hold out hope, you know, because I've been disappointed before. So it's kind of both. Yeah. You look at last season and, uh, you know, his terms third year there, it's not a full season. So you really can't uh, evaluate it completely. Obviously I think they were, they only played what four games. Is that what it was? They played one of the fewer games out there of any division one, Team. Yeah, it was four like, games, and games one and two were interrupted by a one-month break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So four games, a month break in between those two games. you got a new offensive coordinator. You're breaking in a new defense. So it was just kind of a tough go for a lot of reasons. So defensively, I think they're supposed to return everybody. Uh, I look at that, and there's a bunch of kids who came back. Maybe they could have gone for the draft or – didn't want to return for eligibility. I think uh, Crosswell uh, was the one kid who left, but he had gotten beaten out in the secondary, and then they ended up suspending him, I think, at the end of the season anyway. Uh, defensively, they should be really, really strong. The thing that bothered me is they allowed, obviously, uh, the two L.A. schools to score at the end of the game. Is that anything that the Devils should be concerned about as far as that being a pattern, or will they be that much better this next season? No, I I think that the defense is going to be much better. What they need to do is they need to improve. They were ninth against the run, ninth against the pass. So obviously when you return every starter, you expect that to not be the case this year. But what they did do very well is they were first in scoring defense and they were first in the country in takeaway ratio. So they did some things well, and maybe it's bend but don't break, but they need to give up less yardage in between the 20s. Um, Shari Crosswell was the one loss, if you can call it a loss. He lost his starting spot going into the USC game. So he, even though he had started for two years, technically he wasn't a starter at the start of the season. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a little bit of a loss, maybe not. But, you know, guys like Chase Lucas, Evan Fields, Merlin Robertson, uh, most people thought that the two seniors were going to be done and gone, and some people thought Merlin would declare for the draft. So early on when those guys came back, and Jack Jones also, the other corner, when those guys all decided to come back, people kind of started getting excited because they're like, you know what, if those guys are coming back and everybody thought they were going to be gone, then there's a good thing going here. So that's I, I expect the defense to be much improved over last year. So under the theory that uh, 
you're back, you should be better, but you're not always better. What What is it they're trying to get better at? You bring up this ninth against the run and against the pass. I mean, is it is it missed tackles? Is it scheme? They concede a lot of yards in front of them because they do bend that don't break. Is it blown assignments? What happens? You know, it's kind of hard to say. I, I don't think they were terrible because they, they made some really great plays. I, I think Merlin Robertson played phenomenal against USC, um, then not so well in the next couple of games, and then he played great in the last game. But it was, it was just maybe some big plays here or there. Uh, I think they were better tackling than they were in the previous year, so I don't necessarily think that was the issue. I just think it was, it was big plays, and it was also failure to get off the field on third down. If I had to pick one thing, I would say failure to get the third down stop. Against USC, the defense was on the field for 95 plays. That's obscene. So I I think third down stops is the area they need to improve on. So you look at their offense. I think Herm is an old school guy and uh, NFL guy, obviously, and it reminds me a lot of what Utah does with uh, Kyle Whittingham in terms of we're going to run the ball. And so they've got a couple good running backs there who had uh, they were new, the junior college kid, and then uh, Trey him the freshman from Ohio. Looks like he's going to be a star. But my thought for you is with that in mind, since they're such so run-oriented, why would Thompson, the kid from Utah, leave one running-oriented school and go to another run-oriented school? You know what? That kind of I was kind of curious about that myself. And ASU's got a lot of receivers. Now they've said they're not necessarily going to be run heavy. They want it to be maybe fifty-five, forty-five. And a lot of the reason they were run heavy last year was, at least early, was because you're breaking in a lot of wide receivers or new new kids in the wide receiver position. Um, you had a new offense. You didn't have any of spring practice. And this offense is a little bit complicated, a lot of shifts, a lot of motions. So that's kind of why they leaned on the run early and, and didn't pass as much. Frank Darby, who is one of the lone losses at, 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 on the offensive side of the ball, he got hurt very early in the USC game. So when he went down, basically all the receivers left were freshmen or sophomores that didn't play a lot. So, you know, Jaden hadn't had a, a chance to really develop that chemistry with those guys, be it, be it no spring practice hardly, and then being early in the season. So that's why the passing game struggled a little bit early and they had to rely on the run. So speaking of Jaden Daniels, and we're talking Arizona State football right now, our spring football tour continues with Michelle Gardner, ASU beat writer for the Arizona Republic. Uh, in the shortened season last year, he completes 58% of his passes. As a freshman, he's just a shade under 61%. Most coaches want 65 Now, ASU loves to throw the deep ball, and he throws a pretty deep ball. So are they okay with what he's doing? The, he limits the interceptions. He's great at that. But does he need a higher completion percentage, or what he's doing is good, and that's how they're going to play? No, I think I think it'll get better just because now he's a junior. But again, in the USC game, I'm going to go back to that. Johnny Wilson had four flat-out drops, mm. like drops. Um, so you can't fault Jaden for that. So um, I think that he's going to be much better in that regard. Just again because he's 
had he's getting a chance now to get on the same page with these wide receivers. So I think that'll get a little bit better. Um, you know, you look at some of and, and again going back to the ratio of run versus pass. Some of the other dynamics didn't less necessarily lend themselves to huge passing numbers. You know, they got up on Arizona 42-7 at the half, so they didn't pass a lot in the second half. Um, the Oregon State game was cold and rainy, so they kind of kept the ball on the ground because they have good running backs. So I know his numbers were very pedestrian when you look at them on the surface, but you kind of have to look at all the things that went into them. Line, it seems like Herm, since he's been there, has been somewhat patchwork, and a lot of it is getting uh, transfer guys to come in. And we know that if you want to run the ball or throw the ball, you better be good up front. How's the offensive line look this season? Well, they've got all but one starter returning. The only starter not returning in one of the two players on either side of the ball not returning is their center, Cade Cody. Cade Cody was a sixth-year senior last year, so most guys aren't going to come back for a seventh year, even given the option. So center is the position that they're looking to fill. And right now, at least through the first day of practice, it looks like that's going to be junior Donovan West, who was a starter last year at left guard. And they feel Donovan's got the potential to play at the next level. And if he does, it's going to be at center. So at least yesterday in the first day, it looks like Donovan West is going to be the guy there. Um, they return all the other starters. And two of those were grad transfers in Henry Haddis, who came from Stanford, and uh, Kellen Deesh, who came over from, for te- from Texas A&M. So those are two guys that are very veteran guys that have played football for a while, and those guys are the leaders on the line. And I think they're going to be fine on the line because they're returning for the five. So is this year's schedule just kind of a one-off then, uh, non-conference? It's Southern Utah, UNLV, and at BYU. <clears throat> there are some bigger games out there, and there's a thought that the Pac-12's got to play other Power 5 leagues and beat them. And they do have Oklahoma State out there coming up here. Is ASU all in on that, or is uh, is Herm more, hey, let's go 3-0, build some confidence, break in the young guys, and worry about conference? No, usually, usually they like to have the one gimme game. They like to have one that's a decently tough game and then one that's kind of in the middle. Uh, and, of course, they set these schedules years in advance. You never know how good somebody's going to be or not not be. But that's kind of usually their, what they try to do is a kind of a gimme, a tough one, and then one that's kind of in between type of thing. So that's kind of where their thought is in that process. Um, as far as the rest of the schedule, and obviously the schedules came out earlier this week, um, ASU's got a decent schedule. Obviously, the tough part is the end of the year back-to-back trips to Oregon State and Washington. Um, so two straight trips to the Northwest, back-to-back weeks. And this will be the third year in a row that ASU has traveled to Oregon State. So a lot of the fan, fan base here wants to gripe about that. So um, you never know the weather in Corvallis come November, December. So that's kind of the tough part of the schedule. Um, but Herm doesn't focus on that. He said, hey, let's just go play them. And they did win last year in December in Corvallis in bad weather, so maybe that's overrated. Yeah, it has to be not just Corvallis in late in the season. It has to be 8.30 and rainy. That's part of the deal. Can't, it can't be 1 o'clock. So uh, I understand their frustration there, but you got to play the game. I, I like the stuff that uh, that comes out of the coaching as far as the recruiting because they'll tell you – 
they their spin is that well we, we recruit nationally you know that's what we do well yeah you, you damn well better recruit nationally because you ain't getting anybody from the state of arizona maybe you can get a walk-on or a kicker or somebody's son but other than that that's been a struggle and i know hiring two ex high school coaches from california southern california in uh, Pierce and Claiborne that's really helped and they hired the Chandler high coach and Chandler's got the big program uh, down there obviously in the valley Uh, do you see any breakthrough as far as to be able to have any shot at getting the top kids and stop having them to go to Oklahoma and Oregon or wherever else they're going no I I like what they've done already for the next cycle Uh, they've already got two four-star recruits and uh, they've gone into Florida and, and to get Jalen Marshall out of Hallandale High School, which is outside of the Fort Lauderdale area. Um, they went and got him. They just got a four-star safety. And from people I'm talking to with the 247 affiliate say this kid is really, really good. So and he's out of California, too. So I like what they've done. Um, they're excited about this recruiting class and that this is the first recruiting class that Herm and his staff have recruited since they were high school freshmen. So I think they're gaining traction in, in places like Florida. Um, and they got Chip Trainum, the top running back out of, you know, Ohio state territory. He's from Ohio. So I think they've definitely increased their footprint nationwide. Um, and I think that that's going to continue. So when you look at the South, where would you, uh, where would you put ASU in all of this? Well, you know what? I think the South, I think any of four teams can win it. Obviously, I, I don't think Colorado has quite enough, and Arizona is Arizona. So I don't, think, I, I don't think those two teams have enough to pull it off. But I think any of the other four teams really could pull it off. But I think you start with USC just because they're USC, and that's a national brand. That's a, a school that should get the top recruits in the country year in and year out. So i got to think that USC is probably still the favorite. And I think ASU, Utah, and UCLA are in the mix, too. I I wouldn't rule any of those teams out. So uh, I think this is probably ASU's best chance in a while to actually win it. And I'm not going to go overboard and say they're the favorite because I I still would probably go with Keaton Slovis and USC. But I think that ASU can be in the mix. There's no doubt about that. You know, not with 20 of 22 starters returning, they should be in the mix. Michelle, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for joining us. A little spring football tour of Arizona State. We appreciate it. Anytime. There's Michelle Smith from the Arizona Republic talking ASU football. When we come back, Craig Bullerjack is talking jazz basketball. Stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Well, the Utah Jazz are on to the All-Star break now. Late in the show yesterday, we had Craig Bullerjack on to reflect on the uh, <laughs> that crazy, hideous game Wednesday with Philadelphia, the calls, the way the guys felt afterwards. Uh, here is Bowler with PK and I. 
I felt that way my whole career, honestly. You know, it's just that that small market. We don't have the, the big time names, you know, the ones that are all over the TV and stuff like that. So um, it can get a little wild for us. But um, we have stars. You know, Don's a star. Rudy's a star. Boyan, guys that deserve to get those calls. And it's just not happening for us right now. And uh, it's, it's unfortunate. There's Mike Conley. In the midst of the rage from Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, and I expect they'll both get fined for stuff they said, Conley with the quietly devastating assessment. Do you feel like you're not uh, getting the calls? Oh, I felt like that my whole career. Nice. Mike Conley postgame. Time to bring in a guy who got pretty worked up himself, Craig Bowlerjack, TV voice of the Utah Jazz. Bowler, good morning. Uh, good morning, guys. You know, PK's come to learn over time that I psychoanalyze everything, and I was psychoanalyzing you during the game. You know, yeah. I know I know Matt a little bit. I know you obviously much better. And I thought there was one point when you got frustrated with the refs, you were ready to just, shut up, Matt. I'm mad, and I'm going to let it rip. And I could just kind of feel Matt going, whoa, I haven't seen this side of Bowler in a while. I better just get out of the way and let him roll here. Yeah, there what, was. Uh, what irritated you the most? PK and I have come up with our and we'll tell you what our plays were but what really set you off uh i think when Embiid uh continued to i thought um you know harass donovan and actually punk him a little bit by constantly putting the t in in the official's face and then finally the official gave donovan a a, a technical foul the first of two uh, which would then uh put him out of the game and just a few minutes later I, I we really had a good close-up of that and that irritated me that was disrespect of the game which the league talks about and I thought it was a it was a taunt and uh that's what upset me the most that a player cannot officiate a ball game and I thought Embiid was doing that oh agreed that pissed me off royally man <laughs> that was that was complete and total disrespectful, and and I actually think some jazz guy should have gotten his face and said, "What are you doing? Knock Enough. it off!" Yeah, yeah. The whole night, uh, you know, I, I, there were some really interesting comments, uh, and obviously Donovan let it fly. And yes, you're right, DJ. Uh, there will be fines. To what extent, I don't know. And what what money, what value? <laughs> yeah, who you know, cares? Just, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I think it's something that a lot of teams want to say. Uh, again, you know, we've all worked in this market for quite a while, and it's the same conversation that a lot of fans have had with us about. And I don't like to say small market. I'm at a. I'm at a point where Utah and has is grown, and we're we're mid. Okay, we, are we the big? No, you know, that's just the way it is. But. We're a mid-sized market. I, I like to get rid of the small market mentality personally. That's just me. Uh, but, look, you've got uh, multiple all-stars and you have a two-time defensive player of the year. And Some people say you're whining, but at the same time, you know, in, in critical games such as we saw last night, you just have to kind of wonder why the calls go the way they do. And I'd be interested to hear what you guys thought. Uh, you know, I, I have three that probably – we're very, you know, I think we're controversial, and that's where the anger level really starts to jump. Um, I'm not sure what the front office thinks. They're very quiet when it comes to that. I know that they have had at times publicly, you know, had conversations with the league about issues just like what we saw last night. But, 
the one that really riled me, I thought, was just that Embiid was over the top with antics. And that is something the league has said to us as broadcasters and and to the players about respect of the game, taunting all the above, but that did not occur last night with Joel Embiid as he just kind of officiated himself. And I, I just, at the time, it was an intense moment. Uh, the Jazz uh, and Philadelphia really obviously battled from the opening tip until, you know, overtime. And the shot by Embiid was incredible, by the way, uh, in regulation to hit the three, please. That was, you know... Uh, he made the shot, and he takes about three a game, and that one just happened to be right down the the barrel, and you know then things got heated as as we went to overtime, even more so than it was in regulation. I actually loved the post game. I loved the display of emotion. I thought the game was over when Donovan got kicked out, so I enjoyed that. I mean, I wouldn't want it on a nightly basis where it becomes a huge distraction, and right. we've seen players do that. But I think in an isolated case. I enjoyed the fact that him, uh, Mitchell, and Gobert basically went off because if nothing else, it shows me how much they care. Yeah. No, PK, sometimes it has to be done. And, you know, I I know that there's some fans who believe stay calm, cool, collected, and stay within yourself. But I tell you, still in the human nature, I think all of us blow a top on occasion. Uh, And it costs them financially. But, you know, I think that's just something that, you know, they wave away. That they say, I think what what I heard last night was not only a statement for the team, but for the for the organization and the and the state and the fan base. Um, that's what I heard. Uh, I, I may be, you know, wearing the rose colored glasses, and I admit, you know, I'm with this team. Well, used to be on the road, uh, but not this year. But still, you know, you, you just know these guys. You know how hard they work. You know the frustration that comes with the game and losing. Uh, but this this team is dialed in to take it to the next level, and they don't want to be disrupted for for things that they can't control. And I know you know the league, you know the the the, the team that you know Quinn always says you, you know just control what you can't control. And when you feel like you've lost control of something you can't, uh, you know, pull back in. Uh, that's the frustration part. And I think it's just been building. I really have. Even though the Jazz have had great success this. This first half of the season, there's been nights, uh, you can tell, conversations I've had, that it, it, it's a frustrating issue that's gone on, you know, for not, not just this season. It's, it, it goes way back. Carl and John would probably tell you the same thing back, back in the day, so to speak. Well, we already cited the examples. I mean, you know, longer than any of these players have been here, longer than Quinn, longer than yeah. Dennis has been here. You can go back to, I don't know how many people are in the organization even now from when uh, the mystery foul and Kobe. Oh, he fouled the hell out of me. And Devin Brown, he wasn't within a foot of you, dude. I mean, right, <laughs> it, was, it was just right. a terrible call. And whether it's a terrible call because refs are bad or it's just a terrible call because people make mistakes or whether it's a terrible call because, hey, Kobe's a superstar and he gets calls. You know, whatever it is, it was a terrible call. And you yeah. can go back to Dick Bavetta in the finals. And, like, I get the 27-year-old fan may not remember that, but I, I guarantee oh. a 47-year-old fan sure is wincing in agony just at the word Bavetta. But, right. but Bowler, this has been going on since before Dick Bavetta was a ref. Will Chamberlain never fouled out of a game. This is just the nature of the NBA and nothing ever changes. And I get people are human and below their top because – I blown my top to PK on the phone in 2021. So I t- and I'll I'll tell you later what it was about, and you'll find it okay. hilarious. Yeah, I'll and like and so it just it uh you know I get that, 
But I watched that Jordan documentary, and he was exhausted. Just like the Jazz were exhausted, I thought they were really fatigued in New Orleans. Right, And if they had played in Philly, the way they played in Philly, if they played like that in New Orleans, they would have won that game by 10 or 15. Right, right. But Jordan, when he was exhausted, found something, even if he had to make it up, that made him mad, to summon this extra energy. That's what they're going to have to do going forward because the calls aren't changing. It didn't change with Wilt. It didn't change when Magic reft his own playoff games and went down the middle and threw his arms in the air and yelled and got to the free throw line. It didn't change with Jordan. It didn't change with Kobe. It didn't change three years ago when Dwayne Wade got free throws and Gobert went off and got fined, and then he got a foul one second on the jump ball. One second in the game he had a foul, and three minutes in he was kicked out. This stuff never changes. We can be as mad as we want, and it's kind of fun radio, so I kind of like it. But (laughs) it doesn't change. No, I think think that that probably is the the end point of the whole discussion is that you can – be frustrated. You can voice your frustration, but this is something that just isn't just one particular night in Philadelphia. This is something, as you just uh, eloquently stated, this is just a, uh, something that we have seen trends throughout time. And, you know, it's a human element. We're always going to have that. Do you want it robotically done? Most people would say off the cuff, well, yeah, but in reality, no. The human element still is part of the sports brand of what we do. It also, as you said, DJ, motivates, generates sports talk, right, which we're having at the moment. But it's a human element that will never go away because mistakes are made. The eye, how quick do you actually see? And then the replay maybe is the worst enemy of the official. Look, just for an example last night, on the out-of-bounds play where Royce busted tail to save it, my eye went where? My eye only went to his foot. foot, but my argument is that the replay official then told us, and again, we're waiting as the fans are, and you feel, you feel um, like you're, you're misinformed because the, uh, the out-of-bounds official actually could have told us or even put a hand to his thigh to say, mm-hmm. you know, no. The ball hit my leg, yeah. which I later learned from Sakakis that that actually was what they looked at, not the foot where we all were, were focused upon. And clearly, uh, Royce released the ball, and Donovan would have had a runaway bucket to the rim uh, had it not been whistled. And that is what was upsetting, too, is the misinformation, or at least where my eye went, when he, as an official, personally would have said, he could have jumped and said, no, hit me here. Out of, you know, the ball is dead. But that didn't occur. And I think that's what, and then the replay was such a long, you know, ordeal of, of time. It's like, what, what could it be? And then we find out that the ball actually, before even Royce busted tail to save it, when he reached for the ball, he actually glazed the leg of the official who was out of bounds, dead ball. So that would have taken care of a lot of the argument had that whistle or his reaction would have helped us all understand what had gone on. What's your level of concern having lost three or four versus, oh, it's a little bit of a lull, nothing really to worry about? Well, I think uh, DJ said something. Fatigue, I think mentally uh, there's been a lot of stress on this team down the stretch, and you know, holding on to the top level of the NBA isn't easy. Another lesson learned. You know, you bring up the names of LeBron and Michael, 
this is where it really gets tough, the mental side of the game. Look, physically, uh, and also, I mean, there's fatigue, but also I think Quinn has told him, and and Donovan has said it too, PK, is that, look, we have the attitude of not being tired, of not being fatigued. If you're going to win it, if you're going to go to the Western Conference Finals, if you're going to take it, then you have to push through. So this is one of those things, I think, that you push through. Jazz are still a very deep team. They have a lot of weapons, three-point shot, rim, mid-range, Clarkson, Joe. Um, you know, I, I don't think you can get – the way they've lost have been close battles. Zion, look, man, the guy's good. He's, he's much improved even when we saw him a month, couple of months ago in Salt Lake City and the Jazz took two from the Pelicans. That's a good team. Ball's better. Ingram's a good blend. And uh, I still think the Jazz overall, PK, have a, have a deeper bench in reality, uh, but also multiple weapons. They're just going to have to push through and grow. I think this is a process. People may not like to hear it, but it is. You know, to go from one level to the next, you have to experience a hell of a lot. And last night was probably one of the best examples of, of a season where when you have the target on your back, you have to find ways, DJ, as you just said, you got to find a way to get angry, get mean, get nasty, not knocking people's heads off, but internally finding ways to push through. Uh, and I think last night was just one of those steps. I really do. Hell of a game, by the way. And uh, you can see why Philadelphia, Embiid's a beast. 280, the guy's nimble. He's like Zion, uh, even better, in my opinion, at the moment. And uh, you know, Tobias Harris is uh, is is a player that complements him well, and you've got some shooters. They don't take a lot of threes. Their game is more old-fashioned, is to power and beat you up. So the Jazz, have, I think, have to become a team too, where they can handle the physicality and also answer back themselves. I thought Rudy played well, uh, despite Embiid's power play, but uh, he tried to hold his ground. He, you know, he's outweighed by forty. Uh, but Rudy was, uh, you know, doing the best he could. And what I like too is that Gobert had the back of Donovan and Conley. It's well documented now that he wasn't on the post game list, but he said, "Nope, I'm coming in." That tells me too. Close team, got your back, team. We're not done. And and I think this is only a motivator for the second half. So I would say that I am. Uh... Actually, watching the way this trip ended, I wouldn't worry about the Jazz winning a bunch of games in the second half. I think what you need to worry about specifically, though, is this trend, uh, and I'm not sure why it's happening. It could be because they had so much continuity early, they just had an edge early. Also, you got to give other teams credit to adjusting to what the Jazz are doing. But when they're seeing good teams uh, second or third time, they're losing. You know, yeah, they beat Philly in the first. And I know there's a bunch of one-offs. You know, Embiid didn't play in the first game. So there's a bunch of this built into it. But the second time they see Miami, they lose, and I realize Miami was healthier. The second time they see Philly, they lose, I realize Philly was healthier. The third time they see the Clippers, because the second time they saw the Clippers, the Clippers didn't have their stars. But the third time they saw the Clippers, they lost. The second time they saw Denver, they lost. And I wonder how much of this continuity and how much is – they're playing differently than most of the league, and it takes teams a little while to catch on. But once they do, they can figure out how to handle it. And those, I don't know which it is, but that's where the red flag is for me. Yeah. No, no it's, it's fair. It's a fair assessment. And I think that's where the Jazz adjusts to have to throw another wrinkle into what they do. I think what I see, too, DJ, is that on missed shots because of the threes, the amount of threes, 
those balls kick hard most of the time off the rim. Thus, you get a, a running downhill mentality, and the Jazz have trouble in transition. And that's where athletic teams with guard play, fast guards, can actually bust tail and get out and score at the rim. And it's, a, it's an amazing thing. The three can do a lot of damage. A couple of back-to-back threes, you get a run rolling. But if you miss those shots, you allow your opponent uh, to jump and go. And I think that's where I would see, too, some of the problems uh, that have occurred is uh, the ability to, to break the paint, get to the rim off missed shots. And the other part I would say, uh, despite the way the Jazz have played, turnovers still become an issue. It, it is for every team. I think for the Jazz, they have to be much more protective of the ball, make sure the pass is crisp. You can't lob it over the top and have a guy pick it off in mid-flight, which happens, uh, I think, too often personally. But um, I, I, those are a couple. I think you know those are a couple of areas that you would have to look at in the second half. You know, cut down the turnovers three or four a game, uh, and not allow the team, especially when you turn the ball over, to score off the turnover. And that's what the Jazz have given away a lot of points, and they fouled quite a bit during this road trip as well. And it's hard to, to corral the Zions and the Embiid's of the world, but uh, that's those are issues I think you have to talk about. Bowler, as always, we appreciate it. You enjoy the downtime, man. Look at you. Yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah. Take a little breather. I'll be ready by Monday, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we'll uh, we'll be back at it on a home game. The other part of this too, uh, PK. By the way, I mean, I, I could use a song, but I, I know that's probably what you and DJ got into it about <laughs> over the phone. But, uh, you know, sing us out to a break. But the Jazz have a challenge, too, to start the second half, right? Houston home, then five on the road. So they just come away from four. So I tell you, the second half of the season starts with a challenge. They're going to have to find their road, uh, their, the, the way to win on the road again like they did before. Uh, just to be clear, we didn't get into it on the phone. He just absorbed my sound and fury. Oh, I was frustrated. I was frustrated about something else, and so I called PK because I knew he'd understand, and I let her rip. You let her rip. I let her rip. Yeah, he was is just there, no. PK was just being a good teammate. Hey PK, any fines forthcoming? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, I've known this me. man for for almost thirty years now, yeah. and yeah. that was that was, that was awesome. Yeah, that was a top tenor. Yeah. I let her rip. Oh, I covered yeah. a, I covered a lot of ground. Would that have been a $20,000 fine night? or Oh, <laughs> big time. I like yeah. to talk, but I didn't even say five words. Wow. Because it, it was not uh-huh. my time to talk. It was my right. time to listen. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. I had to take it, it to cool. a safe space, and I did. Yeah. It was impressive. <laughs> well yeah, it done, was. DJ. It was, it was good. That was a little but disturbing, too. <laughs> you know, sometimes as cool and calm as you may be, sometimes the long fuse just burns at the end, and I think there that's what is. happened to, to you. Probably what yeah. happened. And it did oh, it was, yeah. No, last I, night. I think PK agree, would agree that that was probably 10 to 12 years in the making. It was a long fuse. <laughs> that is a long fuse, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. All well right. Done. We got we got to run, Bowler, but we appreciate it. And uh, we appreciate you getting all sorts of fired up on the broadcast. And, yeah, and you and good. Matt, even though you're in separate cities and neither one of you are in the city of the game is, I thought you guys did a good job of being on the same wavelength. I could really feel what Matt was thinking when you were getting fired up. Yeah. And if we get him on over the break, I will discuss this with him. Yeah, discuss I, that with him. Please. I mean, I'm, I'm more into the broadcast than most people are going to be because it's what I do, and I've had to do remote broadcast. But, yeah, I thought 
thought I thought there was some telepathic communication going on between the two of you. I was impressed. <laughs> Six cents. Yeah. Yeah. Right. All right. Thanks, Bowler. Guys, talk soon. Thanks. Uh, Take care. There's Craig Bowlerjack with PK and I. When we come back, what is trending? All the headlines coming up next. Your day has just begun. Yeah. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag Utah Jazz. I just want to say something because there's no slander. There's no slander to the Utah Jazz, but you guys got to understand. You guys got to understand, just like in video games growing up, we never played with Utah. Even as great as Carl Malone and John Stockton were, we would have never picked those guys in video games. It's LeBron James on TNT last night insisting there was no slander towards the Jazz. The reason that he was trying to defend himself is because Charles Barkley said, he wouldn't stand for the slander of the Jazz. They had the best record in the NBA, and they had the last two guys picked in the NBA All-Star Draft. PK, <laughs> never, ever, when I was sitting here yesterday, did I think the NBA All-Star Draft was going to be a thing, and yet it is definitely going to be a thing. Those are the last two guys picked, and there was a lot of laughter about it, and some Jazz fans just don't care, and others care a lot. You don't see me laughing this morning, do you? No, I don't. Right. It's not funny. It's a joke. When will the disrespect cease? I've got a quick and easy answer for that, and we'll get to that in the next segment. We'll also get PK's answer, and we'll get yours. Hit us up on Facebook, DJ and PK, and on Twitter, David DJ James. Grab your phone, use our app, use the open mic feature, send the audio to Yach. He'll play it, get your 15-second take in there, record Mm -hmm. it, hear it on the air in a few minutes. Did you know when you're grabbing your phone, embargo spelled backwards is Oh, grab me. I did not until I started doing a show with you, but you made me aware of it. Early on, and you consistently reminded me just in case I forget. In the end, Mitchell was the next to last player picked, and he will be on Kevin Durant's team. And Gobert was the last player, so he defaulted to LeBron James' team, where he'll be coached by Quinn Snyder. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Kaminsky. Over now to Javon Carter. Carter again driving across the lane. Back out to Kaminsky. Over to Payne. Open for three. Shazam! Here come the Bucks. No timeout. Holiday, five seconds to go. Drew fades the jumper. Good! Two seconds to go. 112, 111. High right side is Jamal Murray. Stutter step and a drive. It's a blow by. Throws back behind him. Jokic bobbled the pass, and now the shot clock's winding down. Joker got to do something here. Down the lane he goes. Layup at the horn is up and in. Trent, the drive, the floater. It's no good. Poked around. It's loose. All the way out to Jones. Cross court pass to Dame. A deep three. Got it! Damian Lillard's got 42. There are the highlights. Damian Lillard actually went for 44. He added another bucket. And the Blazers beat the Sacramento Kings, 123-119. to A couple of big threes for Lillard down the stretch. And 
They get the victory there. They are now 21-14, and 14, picking up that win percentage, PK. They're playing 600 ball now, which is usually a, a pretty good number, close to a 50-win pace. And uh, Lillard had a night, 8 of 15 from 3. And despite shooting all those threes, he still got himself to the free throw line. He shot 10 free throws and made, made every one of them. Canner helped him out. He had 22. That's just staggering. Staggering. Wizards beat the Clippers 119-117. The Jazz have gone into the break losing four out of seven. The Clippers have gone into the break losing five out of seven. Even during this stretch, the Jazz have picked up a game on the Clippers in the standings. Well, Paul George didn't play. They listed him with dizziness. It's a weird thing to get listed with, but I guess it's hard to play basketball if you're dizzy. Some inner ear thing, or I don't know what's going on there. So you had Kawhi not playing the night before. Now you had... Paul George not playing the next game, so I think that's the difference. Is the Clippers are they don't alternating have their team. guys, yeah. yeah, and so the Jazz didn't have anybody. I guess they had Conley out, but they haven't lost a game since Conley's out. And then I, I think the the big the biggest story of the first half is the Suns. They win again. They beat the Warriors, and the Warriors were also shorthanded. Uh, Suns get the win, one twenty to ninety eight. The final score. Nico Mannion got a start. PK. Played 31 minutes. <laughs> Good for you. No Steph Curry. So that opens well, up the spot. No Kel- Kelly Oubre, no Draymond Green. Yeah. Al McCoy, we heard his voice, 87 years old. Next month he'll be 88 on the Suns broadcast. Has he lost a step at all? You heard him back in the day. High school PK. Uh, he never could go to his left anyway. Metabane. He's a little short dude. He's probably... A good Five eight or something. Uh, I don't. I don't listen to Suns radio, so I couldn't tell you. I, that's. I just heard his voice right then and there. And that's the first time I've heard it in a good while. If I'm watching the Suns, it's going to be on television, not radio. So I don't know. I think he only does home games, though. Hmm. Bucks beat the Grizzlies. We heard that highlight in there. Uh, two lead changes, two buckets in the last ten seconds, and uh, entertaining if you saw that that clip because. No timeouts, no waiting around. Just go. go. Let's not let the defense get set. Let's go down there and score. And they did. And the Bucks get the win, 112-111. Drew Holiday hitting the big shot to win that one. Giannis had 26. Boston, are they getting it together? Celtics win their fourth in a row. They beat the Raptors 132-125. to And Jason Tatum had a 27-point game. NBA Commissioner Adam Silver said fans should think of the upcoming All-Star Weekend in Atlanta as a TV-only event and once again discourage fans from traveling to the game, which is being played without fans because of the COVID-19 pandemic. Well, then I'm going to take his advice because I'm not going. No trip to Atlanta for PK. No trip to Atlanta for DJ. <laughs> but Jake is a game-time decision. Nope. Jake's a no-go. Mrs. Hatch will nix that one. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. Marco Anthony drives, bounce pass to Bean. Good pass. Bean reverse layup up and in. There you go. Justin Bean, his first bucket of the night after missing a couple jump shots, gives the Aggies a 4-2 lead. Back to Barristow. Eight seconds on shot clock. Kata. Kata two-handed dunk. You keep the ball moving, eventually something's going to break for you. 
Ashworth rises, fires for three. Yes, Stephen Ashworth. He's got 13 points on the night tonight. And the Aggies up by 16, largest lead of the game for Utah State with 3.50 left to go in the game. Utah State pulls away in the second half. They beat Wyoming 72-59. to Justin Bean leading the way with 21 points and 10 rebounds. That was the last home game. That was senior night for the Aggies. And yet it was the first time they played Wyoming this year because their two games early in the year were canceled. This one was rescheduled. So the Aggies pick up the win and improve to 17-7. and They weren't canceled. They were postponed because yes, canceled mean they wouldn't play each one other. Was, one was postponed. One was canceled. There you go. Obviously, they they played one of them, and they will not play the other one. So, Utah State played one game with Fresno earlier this year and won it, and the other game was postponed, and they will play that game Saturday in Fresno, Saturday night, nine o'clock. Scotty G. Unless it's canceled. Unless it is canceled, you're right. Scotty G. will have the call beginning with the pregame show at eight thirty on the Zone Sports Network, and then tip off at nine o'clock. And the race of the Mountain West. Continuing to be all over the map. Aztecs, percentage points in front of the Rams. Half game in front of the Aggies. And a game and a half up on Boise State. Utah State sitting in third place right now. We'll see how they handle Fresno State, who is currently sixth. 9-10 and 10 in conference and 11-10 and 10 overall. I think the Aggies ought to be able to win that, but we'll see. In the big sky, Southern Utah and Weber State both win. Weber State, I don't know if you saw the end of that game, PK. It's tied at... Tied multiple times down the stretch. It was tied at 59, and Northern Colorado had the ball. Time's running out. Six, five, four, three. They take the shot for the win. It's short. Weber State gets the rebound, and somebody didn't know the score and committed a foul in the backcourt 85 feet away from the hoop. So that sent Weber State, who was in the bonus to the free throw line, with tenths of a second left, hit the free throw, win the game. Should have gone to OT. Who knows what would have happened, but Weber State gets a break. They capitalize on it. They get the win. They're 17-5. So you were in the office last night. I was. We did the highlights. <laughs> Had them on Talking Sports. <laughs> Everything I just said now, I pretty much said last night nice, on TV. Nice assessment, PK. While we watched <laughs> said Northern Colorado player reach in. Wasn't it on KJS? No. Oh, no, high school no, tournament was high on school, yeah, man. Yes. I went to bed crying last night, stream. sleeping in my tears. Corner Canyon can't win them all, can they, PK? Already got the uh, football title, got to the basketball semis, and lost in overtime. I went to a few of their games this year. So, Weber State and SUU both win. SUU has percentage points in front of Weber State, and they're a half game up on Eastern Washington. And Weber State. We'll face Northern Colorado tomorrow at noon, and SUU plays Portland State at 1 o'clock tomorrow. They wrap well, up their look, regular season. I look forward to a detailed recap on Monday morning. Utah will close out the regular season against Arizona State. That game is noon on FS1. In the WAC, UVU has a chance to win the conference. They down Grand Canyon. Back-to-back set tonight and tomorrow at 7 p.m. Dixie State hosts New Mexico State both nights at 7. Here's your college hoops, DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I think Tom has, you know, taken his place on the top up there a long time ago. So he's had a tremendous career. It's fun to watch. And everybody always contests over that. But I think if you look at what Tom's been able to accomplish in his time that he's played, 
I think is, you know, puts him definitely up there in the top of the list. Joe Montana saying Tom Brady's the GOAT. There used to be a debate, Montana or Elway. Then there was a debate, Montana, Elway, or Brady. But Montana says it's over. It's Brady. Well, he also said it's been over for a long time. Yeah. yeah he didn't think it took the Tampa Bay Super Bowl to get that done. Tom Brady rookie card sold for $1.32 million on Thursday in an online auction house for uh, cards. The autographed 2000 Playoff Contenders Championship ticket card was graded an 8 with a 10 grading on the signature. $1.32 million. Did you get all your cards assessed? We did that assessment over the air on your cards. Sounded like you had some stuff that was half decent, probably not in the $1.32 million range, but you know. I'll be announcing my retirement here soon. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did go down. The guy we had on, uh, I did go down to his shop in uh, Orm. And Ryan Mogg. Sp- spent a couple hours with him. And uh, so, yeah, I, I thought they were in great shape, but he downgraded a few. A couple of them he liked. Gave me some individual uh, little slats to put him in. Hmm. And uh, I got a like a, a Nolan Ryan, his second year with the Mets. Um, I might be able to make some money off him. It's kind of a racket because you have to send them in, you have to pay for them to get graded, and then they send them back to you, and then you can put them on eBay or whatnot, and so then you have the grade. Uh, and the grade, to get a card graded with the COVID, things got backed up. It could take up to 10, 11 months to get your cards graded. Wow. Yeah. Had no idea. <laughs> I'm glad yeah. glad you weren't quizzing me on that. That would have taken a while to get that right answer. Yeah, that's what, uh, that's what I found out. So you can put them on eBay without getting them graded. Uh, but, so, yeah, I'm, I could make some money. I'm not going to make anywhere near that, obviously. But I have an opportunity to if I well, – not if, but when I get around to it. According to Pro Football Talk, the Baltimore Ravens have proposed a rule that is based around a spot-and-choose concept for overtime. We've been discussing college overtime or pro overtime, and the pros have obviously tweaked their overtime rule. Overtime. So here's the new proposal. You ready for this, PK? I already know what it is. I heard it yesterday, but go ahead. All right, under the rule, one team will choose the yard line where the overtime drive starts, and the other team would choose whether they want to play offense or defense. The overtime in this proposal would be 10 minutes sudden death period, which means the first team to score would win the game. The Ravens would need 23 other teams to agree and vote with them to implement a rule change. So they would choose a yard line. Why wouldn't you choose the one and make them go 99? Why would there be any debate? And why would you choose the 12 or the 44 or what? I mean, you would choose the one and see if you could get a safety and win the game or hold and get the ball in the short field. Yeah, I'm a three and out. I, those are questions you need to answer. I guess it would come down to every fan base then getting to sing against the coach. We should have taken the ball at the one. No, I'd much rather be on defense. I guess it would be an easier call based on how good your offense or defense is. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. I feel I'm very smart with the football. I tend to make decisions quickly, and my philosophy as a quarterback is to get the ball accurately on time to playmakers and you know let them do the rest. And I feel that that's where my strengths come from. That's Baylor Romney, his strengths. 
BYU having a media session. Multiple quarterbacks vying for the job. That's his strength. Handicapping at PK? Is he second? Hall first? Well, I don't know. Early that, on? No, no I, would, yeah. I wouldn't think there's uh, anybody's anywhere early on. I mean, it's two practices, though. So I think they're a long way from creating a depth chart of any sort. I think they go into the training camp in August before they really solidify that. So, no, I wouldn't say he's second. Also, a 2013 internal investigation at LSU accuses former coach Les Miles of inappropriate behavior towards female students, but did not find that Miles had sexual relationships with any of the women, according to an investigative report released by the university. According to that report, Miles was accused of contacting female students via Facebook and text, meeting them off campus alone, and kissing at least one of them. Miles is now the head coach at the University of Kansas. So is he Bill Clinton here? Uh, he did not have sexual relationships? Okay, yeah, there's that. Um, but <laughs> meeting students alone, off campus, kissing at least one of them, doesn't sound good. I imagine that already, regardless of where it goes, just off the report alone, he'll... Uh, He'll face some headwinds on the uh, recruiting trail, which I guess is now straight over to your computer for Zoom, but you get the point. He's at Kansas. What difference does it make? Yeah, right. What have they done lately? There's an answer. Nothing. 10 to 15 years removed from that big season that landed him in an orange bowl. 2008. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. There is no job too big or too small. Get the personal touch with Shamrock Plumbing. Call them at 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. David Locke's going to join us today at 8.30. Joe Ingalls is going to join us about 9 o'clock today. Coming up next, the question of the day. Jazz, the players slip in the NBA All-Star Draft to the last two spots. When does the disrespect end? We will get to that next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Let's get out to the zone phone. He is Tim Lacombe. I have a guest with me right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. David Rose. Hey. How you doing? Dave, I want to ask you about what's happening in basketball. This emphasis on the three-point shot. It is unbelievable. I was watching the team in the SEC. The entire second half did not shoot a two-point shot. They shot a three-pointer or a free throw. That tells you where the game's going. The Jazz have got four shooters on the floor all the time, and sometimes five. I would hate to be a defensive guy right now because those are the guys who have really got the challenge of trying to figure out how they're going to stop these teams that are putting space on the floor and great shooting. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, hot takes and toast. Brought to you by Jerry Signer Cadillac. Cadillac owners may have changed, but luxury has not. Come see the bold new lineup of Cadillacs at Jerry Signer Cadillac today. Sniggy. Yo. I'm a little tired this morning. Why are you tired this morning, PK? Uh, because last night uh, I got some multicolored lights and I hiked up to the Y Mountain. You did not. BYU police on line one. Yeah, I'm a little gassed. That, that was, was unauthorized, PK. You shouldn't have done that. It's got to be <laughs> authorized. You do not own that Y. Who owns a mountain? Uh, the person who bought it? Apparently Brigham Young University. <laughs> Jeez. Controversy in Utah County. I was up in arms. I was outraged. 
I don't think you were. <laughs> I don't think you were outright outraged by what we we're about to talk about. You may have been Just, mildly interested. I don't know that you were outraged. No, I, I was disgusted. You're right. I wasn't outraged. I was yeah. disgusted. Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert were the last two players selected in the NBA All-Star Draft. It was on TNT last night. And they had LeBron and Kevin Durant alternating picks, choosing guys for their uh, team, and got down to four players. And Ernie Johnson noted, wow, there's two from the team with the best record in the NBA. And then it got down to three, and... LeBron said, well, my team needs some size. So you figure he's going to pick Gobert. And he picks DeMontis Sabonis. Barkley called him out for that. Turned a 6'11 guy into a 6'2 guy. But then at the very end, there it was. It was Mitchell and it was Gobert. When will the disrespect cease? Aaron doesn't seem to care. He says the All-Star game is worthless. I'd rather take a week off or rest or go somewhere awesome for vacation. It's not about the game. It is not. Brian says it's about petty jealousy by prima donnas. They can't stand the fact that a small market team has the best record in the league and they never understood. He says he never understood why they went away from East versus West in the first place. I hate prima donnas. With a passion ever since you were born? Uh, No, for you people before I was born. Better being. Scott says it's pretty sad when you play as a team, and that's devalued. I don't think that's why they went last, because they play as a team. It's mocked. Rick says they play in Utah. You do know the whole country makes fun of the state and the Mormons. Dot, dot, dot. It's a fact! Exclamation point. And I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. I've had enough of it. Kevin says, Rick, be real. I grew up in Massachusetts, and unless you like Boston or New York team, you were disrespected. They hate everyone. Religion was never a factor. Who's they? People who lived in the Northeast, I guess, since Rick says he grew up in Massachusetts. Oh, they're not. No one's thinking of Mormons. If they, if they think of Utah from there, they do think of Mormons. That that. That's a fact, but it's not on the radar. You're not thinking about them. But if you should think of the state of Utah, that's one of the first things you think of. I, I've seen it a million times over. I told the story with Keith Van Horn the day before the draft. They break you out the top picks, and you're at your own table. And so you got all this national media, and I'm sitting next to Keith not asking anything, because at that point I've asked him every question I could possibly ask him after four years, five times probably. But if there's an interesting exchange, you're going to be there to capture it and document yeah. it. And that's, that was the whole point. And, and 15 minutes into it, it dawned on me that they thought Keith was LDS. <laughs> and it wasn't. And then Keith figured it out too, and he said he wasn't, and then they were surprised. And he said, yeah, there's a significant population that's not LDS. Not everybody is. And then he looks at me, how much, how many would you, what's the percentage? What would you say? <laughs> all of a sudden, <laughs> all of a sudden, you're Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously he had known me four years intensely at that sure. point. Yeah. Uh, so I had been in his apartment over in uh, Midvale. So I'd, I'd been in his in-laws' house. So I knew him very, very well at that point. 
And so uh, he just asked me to, you know. You got any demographic info for me, PK? I I didn't know what they were, but there was no Wikipedia at that time where I would have said, hold on a second. (laughs) Like I did with Bowler Jack when we went to the Doobie Brothers concert. And he's asking me all these questions right before the concert's beginning. Is out the Sandy Amphitheater at a beautiful summer night. Missed it not going there this year with everything being shut down. And he's asking me all these questions. And I've got my phone down below my uh, right hip. And he's on my left side. And he's asking about original members. And, oh, well, yeah. And then I look over. and <laughs> I was cheating the whole time. <laughs> thought I knew it. Oh, I just had it memorized, which I had nothing memorized. I just knew some of their songs, and it's a summer event like going to the the, the Bees game or something, you know. Just get to hang out with some friends and uh, and uh, enjoy, enjoy a beautiful evening together. And so I'm cheating the whole time. <laughs> wow, man, you really know your stuff on these guys. <laughs> I'm a musical savant, <laughs> and I got my phone over here by my leg, and you can't see it. <laughs> yeah, he couldn't see it. That was funny. <laughs> and that's the one. They they play the promo on the big show where the, the one gal just got up. She's sitting in front of me when the when the house lights came on, and she asked to take a picture, and Gordon got all jealous because uh, she asked to take a picture with me. And thanks to my my TV, people know what the, what the ugly mug looks like, I guess. So... Uh, and and good for Jake. Jake Scott called him out on that. Uh, so I like when they play that promo. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so I think when people think of Utah from back east, they, they think of the LDS Church, probably rightly so. And, I, and then I actually think they think of the jazz. I think the jazz in terms of publicity around the world and around the – maybe not in the west as much because, you know, you live in California, you live in Arizona – you're probably going to be uh, a little bit more familiar with Utah. Maybe have come up here skiing, uh, or certainly you know of uh, LDS people. I mean, I played ball with them growing up in high school, and all that stuff was not that big of a deal. Uh, there's, so, there's somewhat of a mystery back east, but I think the Jazz have uh, really brought uh, a lot of attention to the state, and I think it's uh, a lot of positive attention because when you think of the Jazz. You don't really think of anything negative, right? I mean, what what could possibly be negative that uh, is related to the jazz? I mean, you have to you have to go searching to to find stuff. So uh, that's the funny thing is that they don't get respect, but at the same time, they get a ton of respect. It's, it's like an oxymoron because if you people when they think of if you're into NBA basketball to any extent, when you think of the jazz. You think of oh, that's a well-run franchise, so you you get a lot of respect, even though individually they don't get a lot of respect. If that makes sense, I guess it depends on the tone of discussion. I think the thing that jazz fans were <laughs> were left feeling is we are not the cool kids. They are laughing at us now. They may think it's a well-run franchise. They may look at other franchises and say, well, you've been down for a long time. You're not well-run. You know, until this right, year, the right. Suns, certainly the Sacramento Kings. That's probably yeah. better, better example than the Suns in Minnesota, right. Um, but they're, but for a well-run team, then why are they getting picked last and everybody's laughing? Because they don't get the individual respect. So among the well-run teams, they're the least respected. It's an interesting phenomenon about that. Uh, as far as that goes, 
I mean, really, you 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 look at Portland. Portland's been pretty good mm-hmm. with the Lillard. I think Stotts is in like in his ninth or tenth year as the head run. coach. Yeah. So they, you know, they've had some pretty good stability. But when you think of Portland, you don't have to go that far back when you think of the Jailblazers, mm-hmm. right? And Jazz have had no such thing. And Phoenix, up until these last ten years, was thought of as a really well-run franchise. Well, then they change ownership, right? And Sarver's thought of as a buffoon. It's like he finally got out of his way, his own way, and here we go. And now they're 10, 11 games above 500 here. And right now, this morning, as we head into the break, they got the second best record in the Western Conference. So it took a while, but still, this man has to prove himself. All right, is this just, uh, you know, you got Chris Paul, 35, 36-year-old Chris Paul, uh, and good for you, and you got it going now. But you certainly don't have a track record. So if you're viewed skeptically, it's justified, right? Right now it's going well, no question about it. But what are you going to do to screw it up? <laughs> and I think that some people are thinking along those lines here. Whereas the Jazz, it's not, it's not really what you're going to do to screw it up. And, and even this thing that, that came out with Dennis Lindsay, what are we, two weeks uh, removed from this? So far, it's been pretty quiet, and a lot of people came to his defense. We had on David Aldridge earlier in the week, mm-hmm. who wrote the story for The Athletic, the great piece. He talks about Andre Patterson, who was with the Jazz, what, for two or three years? From like 2015 to 2017, and now he's with Cleveland. And Aldridge tells us that Patterson contacted him. It wasn't the other way around. He contacted Aldridge to make sure he knew, no, nah, that's that's not the guy I know. And so the people are coming to the Jazz's defense largely in this way. And this investigation will turn up whatever it turns up. But people came to the organization's defense, whereas, say, use Phoenix as an example. I'm guessing they don't come to uh, their defense. Now, maybe a... You know, depending on the individual who held that position. Right now, it's James Jones who holds that position, and that might be a little bit different. And it looks like it looks like now they finally have some stability, but still, you wonder. So the Jazz do get an enormous amount of respect as a franchise, but they weren't feeling it during the draft. No, they mocked. They, I, yeah. I was, I. I would feel slighted if I was those guys. I can tell you Gordon Hayward felt slighted. I heard stories about him, and he felt like, oh, that's because he was in Utah. Even when he made the All-Star team, he felt slighted, which is one of the reasons why he wanted to leave. Now, these two, Gobert and Mitchell, seem to use it as, wait a second here, man. I can make fun of my brother and my team, but you can't. And they use it as a sense of, no, we're going to show you what this is about. Hayward used it as a, as a form of disrespect and wanted out. Well, he was the only guy on the team at the time. Maybe it helps to have two guys. I wonder how much that changes the dynamic. Well, and you're both disrespected. I mean, it's right. doubly worse, though. It's, yeah. I don't know that it helps in terms of respect. I, I thought it was disrespectful. That's because it was disrespectful. <laughs> That's why you thought that. Yeah, and they were laughing. Yeah. I guess you can see why Gobert would slide. I don't know all the way to the end, but you know the, the All Star Game is all about you know high flying dunks and three point shots, and so Gobert's game isn't really built for no, it. No, see I, that doesn't. But Mitchell, water. 
No, Mitchell I doesn't 100%. make Mitchell doesn't make any sense at all. Neither if does you, Gobert. Well, if you dig deeper, he's going to get a he's going to get a bunch of rebounds and a bunch of dunks. No, no, no. That has nothing to do with any of that. So what it, does it have to do with that? He that LeBron says I want size. Oh, when he say, he says I want size, and then he takes Sabonis. Yeah, that was disrespect. Right. That's where it's. So that's has nothing to do with dunks and rebounds in the actual game. Who gives a crap about the actual game? That that no, I couldn't care less. Uh, and if I'm available to watch it, I will. If I'm not, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. I can just turn on and watch some highlights afterwards, so I'm prepared for Monday morning. But it's not like I'm going to be just so intensely watching the thing. So the game itself, no. It's when when LeBron said that. I, I guarantee you. If LeBron was picked last, there would be national outrage. LeBron, for so many people, he's a, a, a just a crusader. He leads the charge. Not for China, but for U.S., he leads the charge. Uh, and so if he would have been picked last, are you kidding me? Depending on who was doing the picking, too, it would be a national discussion. Come on, let's have real talk. But he's the top vote-getter, so he's doing the picking. As he should be. He's the best player in the league and has been for many, many years. If that's, if that's how you decide who gets to be the captain to be the pickers, then I'm 100% behind that because he is a phenomenal player, and it's been an absolute joy for me as a fan of the game to watch him all these years because he's that good. Got more reaction coming in. The Jazz with the last two guys picked and a lot of laughter around that. And then after that, the fact that, uh, well, we wouldn't pick Utah when we were playing video games either. Nobody wanted to stock Stockton him alone. I, honestly, I didn't understand what that meant. Uh, it's just meant that the Jazz haven't been the cool kids forever. I mean, it's just not what they'll choose. They're not the cool kids. It's this... <laughs> You'll, you'll be, I mean, it's that era. So, and I don't know, because Stockton and Malone played so long. I don't know if they're playing 80s eras teams or 90s era. You know, I mean, you can, you know, so if they were playing 90s era, they'd, they'd want to be the, the Bulls. They'd want to be the Rockets, maybe. Maybe you'd want to be Barkley and the Sixers or the Suns, depending on the era. So it just boils down to cool. That's what I, you're saying? I think so, yeah. Because he okay. did say as great a careers as they had. So he made sure he acknowledged, yeah, they're awesome. But I didn't want to be them. So at that point, it just comes down to popularity. It's nothing about the quality. I mean, he made a point of that. Well, they played in the height of Magic and Bird and Jordan. Yeah. So if you compare to those three, then nobody is. Yeah, well, I guess... This isn't scientific. You know, we don't know, well, like, how wide a range were you willing to pick? You know, was the, were you, would, six teams, was that all anybody played? I mean, it's kind of apples and oranges because there were teams, uh, I mean, the Nuggets had some good players, right? But how many conference finals were they in? How many NBA finals were they in? It's not comparable. So I don't I'm know that they're picking any of these other games. teams, but I'm it's just not, not care about that. it's not the Jazz. I just wanted to know. I didn't want to have a discussion on it about video games of the 90s. I'd rather discuss LA freeways. So on the 405. <laughs> and the traffic was brutal. I was surprised. Well, on Western Avenue, the traffic was brutal. It's LA. 
So when does the disrespect cease? Matt says it won't stop until they win it all. And even then, there will still be disrespect. But there would be no basis to the disrespect after that. Okay, yeah, I agree on that. But that shouldn't be the level because there's been plenty of other players who didn't win at all and have gotten enormous respect. That's a true story. We can go through a list of players now who have an MVP, which is a lot of respect, and don't have a championship. I think the number one player who got the most respect for not winning a title, not even actually getting to the finals, would be Steve Nash. Multiple MVP, never made it past yeah. the conference final. I think of all the players, the great, and there's a lot of great ones who did not win. It's not that. Allen uh, Iverson. Uh, problem with Iverson, I mean, he's a great player for a little dude, but, man, there's so much baggage. Yeah, but I think what yeah. you said for the little dude, he gets a lot of respect because people realize, I mean, let's say it's just it's a sport where it's a huge advantage to be bigger. Uh, Patrick Ewing. I see. I think Nash gets more respect than Ewing. Yeah, I'd agree. I think Nash is the most respected player never to win a title. Who else would be in that hunt? Well, all the ones who didn't win a title. <laughs> Thanks, I mean, BK. All <laughs> well, Hall of Famers without a title. Elgin Baylor. We got two guys here. Stockton and Malone. Yeah, I mean, Barkley. we've gone we've gone through the list a million times over, uh, but I think Nash tops that list. So it's not like you have to win a title to get enormous respect. And so I wouldn't want to put that label on these jazz guys. You have to get this or else, because it's not put on other guys. So you have to have somewhat of a level playing field here. And I'm not going to rule it out that they're not going to get one though. I'm just not going to go there. I see no reason why I need to go there now. And I don't get jazz fans. Maybe it's because you, it's almost like it's too good to be true, so you can't believe it. But I don't get these, oh, they're never going to do it. It's never going to be done in this community. I, I just don't buy that. Never's a long time in sports. We've heard it about other stuff, and then it's happened. If you want to go at the collegiate level, and especially with the football, the way things are set up, and they're not set up, it's 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 not a level playing field. It just it just isn't, you know, just for for many different reasons. But I think, and it's not completely and totally a level playing field at the pro level, but I think it's the most level that we have. All right, DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. We've got more of your reaction coming up. And we've got uh, David Locke on his way at 8.30. Joe Ingles at 9 this morning on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Number one. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. The Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone.
Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. The NBA All-Star Draft is in the books. Donovan Mitchell was the next-to-last pick. He's going to play for Durant's team. Rudy Gobert was the last pick. He's going to play for LeBron's team. That's the one that Quinn will be coaching. They were the last two picked, despite the best record in the NBA. Charles Barkley said he would not stand for the slander of the Utah Jazz. And LeBron said he needed some size, so he took Sabonis over Gobert. And then he added to saying, well... You got to remember when we were kids playing video games, we never wanted to be the Jazz. Despite how great Stockton alone were, never wanted to be the Jazz. And what's that have to do with anything anyway? And Durant laughed hilariously, just hysterically. Oh, well, you got to support LeBron. I mean, you can't go against LeBron. Do you realize if you go against LeBron in anything, how... The weight of the league will come down upon you. (laughs) Way beyond the league. (laughs) I mean, that's for, for some media, it's got to be difficult because you can't really have your own opinion. You just you have to fall in line or else you're going to be ostracized. When will the disrespect cease? Hopefully, Utah Jazz Girl says, at Utah Jazz Girl, hopefully when we win that coveted, cha- coveted championship, hashtag take note. Yeah, well, I think it would then for sure. Because great thing about that, man, you can't really have any excuses. Even if the if you got to the final and the other team lost two or three guys, so what? Because that, if you're going to do that, you're going to disqualify Kawhi Leonard, LeBron James. Yeah. When they won titles, uh, when yeah, the other guys can, were hurt, you can go down a long list of finals. You can go back decades, and you'd be disqualifying teams left and right. Don't do it, though. The Warriors. He's gonna, don't do it. Matt, just Matt, says they need a championship. There will always be criticism, but the title would speak for itself. It would. Yeah, I agree with that. But my point is that why do you need that? Does anybody criticize Damian Lillard? No. They're, they've started to project that he needs to leave and go to New York. Why? <laughs> but, yeah, because they work in New York. <laughs> like, Who's they? Stephen A. Smith had a thing. I saw it on Twitter yesterday. It's a clip from a whatever show he was doing. The Knicks? He's got 29 buzzer beaters. He needs to be at a bigger stage. He's in Portland not getting the credit he deserves. Oh, I think he gets as much credit as he could possibly get. Are you kidding me? That's ridiculous. I think he gets more credit doing it in uh, the area in the Northwest than he would in New York. Because in New York, if you're doing it and you're not winning anything, well, whoop de do. He's been to one conference final, hasn't won anything. But in Portland, man, you believe that Damian Lillard out there? He's just an incredible player. I actually think it works the other way around. Of course, because you're not doing it on the highest stage, but you're in Portland. Yeah, you're way out there. What's Portland known for? What are they doing tonight downtown? What, what buildings are they setting on fire and uh, doing all the stuff they've been doing now seemingly for endless amounts of time? And that's what you think of when you think of Portland right now. So you think that they're way out there. So in that turn, it works to his advantage, whereas in New York, you'd be getting hammered for playoff failures. They can hear me all right at Scream at the TV. Honestly, never. 
They could sweep through the playoffs and win the finals, and the disrespect would persist. They would call it a fluke. Might be a fluke, but who cares? (laughs) You still have the title. But people would care. They win a championship, gets called a fluke. People would care. We would hear about that. I I disagree on that. Because Houston gets its two without Jordan in the league. Mm -hmm. Olajuwon is universally praised. Rudy uh, Tomjanovich, the heart of a champion. Clyde Drexler, who I think was only there for half the season. Yeah, half of the second title. He wasn't there for the first one at all. And no one's blasting him. So if you get it, you get it. That's the great thing about it. I think there's something to this. The dude tweets at us. I hope the disrespect never ceases. I love it when players play with a chip. Of course, not every player, as you pointed out earlier, does play with a chip. Some just leave. It's apparent that Rudy plays with a chip, and it's apparent that Donovan's playing with a chip. and And I think you need that. I think a lot of the great ones do have that, even if it's manufactured. Mm hmm. And it's not really there. But you've created it in your own mind. So even though the rest of us don't think it's there, you think it's there. And really, that's all that matters. Whatever it takes to get you to be able to motivate yourself, to work out, to put in all the time. Because in order to get to that level, you've got to put in a lot of time. I don't think you can just walk into the gym. I just don't believe that. I think that guys who... And women, it's regardless of gender, you, whatever level you're at. If you're at the highest level, there's a lot of hours spent in there, and that's a lot of self-motivation. So I think that they, they have that, and they be able to get that. And I think these two guys that you said that, yes, they do that. And, and then you have to worry about, well, do you get caught up in it, and it actually becomes a detriment to you? Like, do you want it too bad, and you don't get it? You know what I mean? You talk about, well, I, want, I wanted it so bad, it actually yep. worked against me. It can get to that point. Depends on the person in the moment, but right. it does happen. I wanted it so bad. All right, we got a lot of people here saying never. And Jeff, never. And it's great. Bring it on. <laughs> Jeff. Well, is this, see, I think that's why it's fun to be a jazz fan. Because it's you're never going to be a bandwagoner. You're always swimming against the tide. Yeah, it's not like uh, we see it nationally. Yeah. I tell the story when I, I, I floated the uh, Snake River. The, the, the guide was a huge Saints fan. Well, not coincidentally, the Saints had just won the Super Bowl. Yeah, okay. so it's like, oh, sure, yeah, you can jump on the board. I, I, I seriously doubt he was a hardcore Saints fan his whole life, but they won it. And then one time I'm golfing in Seattle. No, I'm golfing in Palm Springs the year after the Seahawks won the title, and there's a street of about 20 houses, and I see three Seahawks flags. <laughs> <laughs> All right, DJ and PK, we got some breaking NFL news. I don't think it's going to surprise you, but it's, uh, it's official nonetheless. We'll get to that next. Stay with us. 
DJ and PK, we are brought to you in part by Zero Res. Dirt, dust, dander, and allergens. No match for Zero Res carpet cleaning. Want the contaminants gone? Call Zero Res. Right now, just $33 per room to get your carpets. Zero Res clean, but minimums apply. Call them at 801-288-9376 or schedule online at Zero Res Carpet Cleaning. Well, Alex Smith told us a week ago he didn't think Washington wanted him last summer. And now they really don't want him this offseason. He's the 2020 NFL Comeback Player of the Year. And he went 5-1 and one as a starter and helped him win the division to get to the playoffs. But he's turning 37. He's had a hideous injury. And they saved almost $15 million against the cap. So they let him go. Just now it's official. And he's on the market looking for another team if he wants to play again at the age of 37. So it's official. Alex Smith is out there. All right, the question of the morning. When will the disrespect cease? When will it all be over? The NBA All-Star Draft last night, and the Jazz guys were the last two drafted. And, of course, uh, that led us to the uh, comment LeBron made about, uh, you know, nobody wanted to be the Jazz when they were playing video games as a kid, despite the fact Stockton and Malone had these great careers. And there's another generation of Jazz players to hear from in between this generation and the Stockton and Malone run. Obviously, there were the there was the trip to the conference finals and four straight playoff berths with the Darren Williams, Carlos Boozer group, and uh, D. Will was on Raja, ba- Raja Bell's podcast. It's just dropped last night, and we're going to give you a little bit as D. Will talks about one of the reasons he wanted to leave because he knew what the future looked like in Utah. I played in the Olympics, right? And I was trying to recruit everybody. You know, I'm talking to everybody. Nobody's coming to Utah. I'm a really good player at the time, but I know I'm a, number one, I'm a point guard. You don't win championships with just a point guard. Mm-hmm. Right. You need pieces. You know, we need other pieces. And like all I saw the writing on the wall was nobody is going to come to Utah. Not one person I've ever talked to was interested in coming to Utah. <laughs> it just was a reality. Bull. Sell it and people Bull. will come. Bull. But he wanted to recruit Olympians. You think Olympians? So guys who are the top 12, although there's elite foreign players. So I don't know. The top 20 or 25 players. In the game, did Carlos Boozer play in the Olympics? He did, and he came did to he Utah. Signed with free agency in Utah. He did. So then, bull, you're wrong. Don't tell me nobody when that's not true. He didn't think Boozer was good enough, and he wanted somebody better. Okay, don't and tell nobody me nobody better. then. Right. Don't tell me nobody. Don't use the word nobody. I take words. As words, literally, my what buddy they mean. Scott Webster meant them when he put them in the dictionary. Your buddy who? Scott Webster, uh. quarterback for Greenway High. I got to know him when I went to NAU. His family put out that dictionary, the Webster's. Mm-hmm. And I take words to mean what they were supposed to mean. That's what happens when you go to Arizona State. You take the words and you define them as they're meant to be defined. And you, when you use the word nobody, turns out that's wrong. And then you had another all-star who was a free agent and came to Utah in O'Kerr. So that's two all-stars who came here. So you're wrong. Mr. Williams, you're wrong. But he wanted out and he has to justify it. Well, he needed him win. Don't blame me. Well, point guards, you need other people. Jeez, how many more qualifications do you want there? You didn't win. 
It's not my fault. The great American way. It's not my fault. I'm the victim. Keep playing the victim card here. That's going to get you where you want to go. I mean, come on. To Brooklyn. That's just not true. To Brooklyn, which ended up being a mistake. And he wasn't as good. How could you argue that what he said isn't wrong? Because what he really meant, if he used his words more precisely, is I couldn't get the guys I wanted. Oh, so I, what? I, when, 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 when did he play here? So I couldn't get uh, who were the stars at the time. I couldn't get well, LeBron to come. Kobe, I, I couldn't yeah, get Dwayne Wade. I couldn't get Kobe. Kobe, to come. LeBron, Dwayne Wade. And Shaq didn't want to leave Los Angeles. Yeah, well, no bleep. Get me on satellite so I can finally say what I want to say. <laughs> <laughs> or I could be Joe Ingles and spell it out. <laughs> yeah. Joe's coming up at 9 o'clock this morning. I don't have the. Uh, I'm not that much to where I'm that wanted. So I say something, boom, I'm out the door. Joe says something, and if he spells it, nobody bats an eyelash. Yeah. <laughs> I tweet something, and all hell breaks loose. Another guy tweets something of his anatomy. Yeah, oh, no big deal. You're you, and he's him. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget that. <laughs> yeah. Real one talk. One guy's got a little more cachet. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's not uh, – his point, I can take his point, and I can agree with it. But I can't agree with it to the absolute level. That's where I am. So I can agree. The point that Darren Williams is making, I, I support it. He's on the front end of the Super Teams era, and he's trying to build a team that beat yeah. the Lakers. And that era of Lakers was really good. And so there was a small handful of players he wanted. And he didn't want low-end All-Stars. Honestly, he probably didn't want low-end Dream Teamers. Well, they're not Dream Team, but low-end Olympians. When he says nobody would come to Utah, he's looking at a very small circle of people who many of them had long-term contracts and were trying to recruit guys themselves. So uh, it, You don't buy me out, PK. Yeah. I buy you out. Thanks, yeah, bro. I don't move to your town. <laughs> you move to my town. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, that's basically what uh, LeBron did with Chris Bosh. You know, he chose the destination. And obviously, glamour, Miami is going to be more glamorous than Toronto. Well, I've never been to Toronto, but I understand it's a great city. Uh, But, you know, it is in the winter. I've been to Miami a few times. Uh, So I get all that. But I I support Darren in his larger point. And I think that's the point he was making. So I probably shouldn't have been as strong because I basically agree with him in the conceptual point that he's making and I understand that, and that's, that's always going to be out there. But that, see, that, the thing about that is that isn't necessarily unique to Utah. It's not unique to Utah. We've been over this before. There's at right. least 20 teams that when he said Utah, you could have plucked the word Utah out, and you could have plugged in. Dallas thought they could do it. They thought they were a player. They had Nowitzki. They had the championship. They cleared the cap room, and they couldn't get anybody to take their money. Well, they could have gotten someone to take their money, but they couldn't get the players to take their money that were going to win them a second and a third championship. And they thought they were going to, and they couldn't. So if Dallas is in that group, how many teams are in that group? At least two-thirds. At least two-thirds. Yeah, and I think it boils down to you have to ask yourself 
who put the D in Alice? I mean, that that's the that, eternal question. That Answering that question makes a difference in your life. <laughs> but I think the other thing we have to look at is, you know, the Lakers have had money and not gotten anyone to take it. And when you're a player and the clock is ticking, like if, the, if you, you have one or two years in, in the window before you decide, well, my contract's up, so I'm going to jump or I'm going to force my way out. So you say no one ever would take – never – well, if you put that one- or two-year window on the Lakers, then even the Lakers fail. It took a while. I'd have to go back and count how time. many years they had. Right, exactly. Well, how many like years? Six. They will, they, right, but they didn't have money all those years because they were paying Kobe some of them, and that's where I'm getting fuzzy. Um, mm-hmm. But there were multiple summers where they had money, and they didn't get anybody to take the money. Now, eventually they got LeBron to take the money, so you could argue, well, it's a good thing you whiffed twice. Because you would have, whoever you would have paid, whoever you would have bought in free agency— wouldn't have been as good as LeBron. Well, you, they were poorly run at the time. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the post-Jerry Buss death, there was a time there. and the, Some issues were going on with the family yep. and who's on first. And so yeah. it wasn't, wasn't run correctly. And they've gotten, to their credit, they've, they've gotten past it. And, and they do have way far more advantages. There's just no question about that because of location. We, we understand. And, in, and it's the, the outrageous taxes and all that stuff. It, it never mattered. When you're making that kind of cash, it it just doesn't matter. So they're able to overcome all the screwed up politics and all that stuff because they live a life that is not like 99% of the world lives. And so to them, you know, they, they don't have any money issues. And if you don't have any much, any money issues, that's the great stress relief. And I don't want to hear people who have money tell me money isn't everything. I just don't want to hear it. <laughs> so, goes in one ear and out the other uh so they can overcome all that here there's obstacles there's obstacles that you have to overcome but they can be overcome that that's where i'm going to go to my grave (laughs) saying that and maybe and i hope for the community this isn't really my community at the heart of it but i've been around this community and we've been around this community enough and our neighbors and our friends they're hardcore and I want to see them win. And I, want, I would love to see the Jazz win a title while Gail Miller is still alive. I mean, that would be awesome because that would be a connection to Larry. And even though Larry's gone, that would still be awesome for them. And now with Ryan Smith, he's, he's a young youngster, relatively speaking. He's got many years to go, hopefully. And he seems to be, in his own quiet way, determined to get it done. And if you look at what he's accomplished – already in a relatively in, in terms of adult business life is still very young i'm not going to put it past him <laughs> i mean look at all the stuff that he's already accomplished <laughs> at what 42 years of age i think they said he is and so that's geez i don't know what you were accomplishing at 42 but <laughs> well i do actually yeah you do <laughs> as a matter of fact <laughs> you generally i guess then and so why would i put a limit on what this man could accomplish that doesn't make any sense to me why would i do that look at already where he's been and where he's gotten to i mean it's a phenomenal achievement right so why would i say why you can't do that no i'm not going to say that it may be harder i mean it is harder i get it but why wouldn't i why wouldn't i say yeah it could be done give him a shot let's see where it's going i mean it's off to a smashing success so far i mean he inherited most of it i understand that uh but it looks pretty good right now 
So the thing that they're selling, I think, the most, and the thing that they had in the previous generations, and it was there to be sold, and, and maybe they sold it a little bit, but not as much as they could have, and I think they're selling it more now, is we can make you better. Now, Jerry Sloan had the track record. He made players better. They played their best basketball, and guys got paid because they played for Jerry. Howard Isley left and got paid. Shannon Anderson left and got paid. Um, you know, we can go down a list of guys who had their best years in Utah. There's only a couple guys Rusty who, LaRue. who had better years somewhere else than they had playing for Jerry. And I think they're, they're selling that now. We can make you better. And guys want to get better because they know if they get better, they get paid more. Yeah, too. And then I also think that the advent and progression of the foreign player, the foreign player now is not a one-trick pony. He is a player in a lot of cases. And the move is going to the United States. Where you are in the United States, not such a big deal. Yeah, I think we've seen that multiple times, and most recently with uh, Antetokounmpo. You're in Milwaukee. I've been in Milwaukee. I've never vacationed in Milwaukee, but I've been to Milwaukee a few times for work. And you and I were there in March, and it was butt-freezing cold. <laughs> oh, the wind was blowing <laughs> off the lake so hard. Yeah. The only reason to go outside was to get from point A to point B. I'm in the hotel, and I have to get to the arena. That's the middle of March. And uh, we were doing the show, and we'd look out the window in a commercial break. We were sitting in a room, and you got the little setup there and the headphones and all that. And we're looking out there, and the flat, we were up, so I don't know, eighth floor or whatever. And you're looking down at the flagpole, and it is, the flag is just stretched out. Yeah. It wasn't flapping in the breeze. Which I've done, by the way. You've done what, I'm afraid to ask? <laughs> flapped in the breeze? Probably ought to leave that right there before it gets ugly. He he decides that, in fact, boom, it was really no big decision. He's staying in Milwaukee. So that's another aspect and a way to build your team, and they were already doing it, right? I mean, they obviously Gobert and and Joe Ingles. Off the top of my head, they got other foreign guys on there uh, on making vital contributions. Well, so bogey Bob Bogdanovich. I knew I was missing somebody. Yeah. I just couldn't think of it right there, right? And uh, yeah, Bogdanovich signed as a free agent. Now he's not an All Star. Well, he's a very good player though, and he can help you win too. I mean, you're going to need players better than him, but he certainly can help you win because I mean, we're, he was absent against uh, Denver, and I, you got Matt Harper guaranteeing me the other night, guaranteeing me if they would have had Bogey, they would have got to the second round. So he all of a sudden became the missing component once he was gone. So uh, it's out there, and there's ways to build your team, and maybe they look to that way. But I still think I still think that the guys in in the U.S. would embrace it. Mitch, Mitchell can go a long way towards getting it done. All right, DJ. Find out a, before we go, before right. if they can find out a way to hang out, hang on to him for the length of his career, mm-hmm. I think it can get done. Well, people really don't want to wait for the length of the career. They got the best record in the NBA right now. We want what we want, and we want it now. Okay, thirty-six games, four yeah, yeah, rounds. Yeah. Why push? Why kick the can way down the road to when he's thirty-one? 
Not that there ain't been anything wrong with him staying until he's 31 and winning another one. Well, I'm just thinking LeBron will be gone by then, hopefully. (laughs) (laughs) Tom Brady, LeBron James, 40-whatever winning championships. Yeah. All right, DJ and PK, we're going to take a break. Coming up, David Locke joins us next, and then Joe Ingles at 9 o'clock on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. DJ and PK brought to you in part by SNS Roofing. Their huge winter and spring sales event is going on now where you can save thousands on a new roof. Call and say SNS Roof. Call it, uh, call pound 250 and say SNS Roofing for your free bid. All right. DJ and PK, David Locke is going to join us momentarily. We've got Joe Ingalls coming up at 9 o'clock. I don't know if Joe can top his last couple of appearances. He's taking his game to a new level, PK. I don't put a pass him. It's just like I'm not putting a pass to Jazz, getting guys to come play here. Don't put limits on people. It's what we do. Limit them. Limit your expectations. That way you won't be disappointed. Uh, well, yeah, what's wrong with disappointment? Uh, you got to take a leap. If you're disappointed, that meant you, you tried something. All right, David Locke coming up uh, momentarily. Utah Jazz getting the uh, the last two picks in the NBA All-Star draft. And LeBron got Gobert with the final pick. Mitchell went next to last to Durant's team. And we'll talk with David Locke about that. And here he comes now. DJ and PK and David Locke's weekly appearance brought to you in part by Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. How are you? I'm great. It's always, did I send PK a song to sing today? Has he done it? (laughs) That's right. I forgot to respond. Gosh, I do that all the time. It drives me nuts. People text me, and if I don't text them back immediately, I forget. My bad. <laughs> I'm the worst at that, so you're not. But I think you should sing it. Like, my, like I mean, I, we wrote a song for you. You're the one with the great pipes. Oh, yeah, right. Don't you think one, you should probably sing it? I'm the one stupid enough to do it. That's it. I don't have any um, pipes. No, I mean, you really should sing this. Uh, Jake, can you get, like, the background music of Respect by Aretha? <laughs> I mean, just to warm PK up a little just bit. Give me a second; I'll, I'll work on it. So, so I mean, go ahead. Who David J. By the way, PK, PK DJ is panicked right now. He has completely lost control of his show for everything else that ever goes on in this show. That where where DJ claims he's not in control, he always thinks he's in control. But right now, he actually knows he's not in control at all. He's like seriously sitting there. There are beads of sweat coming down his brow. He is seriously wondering, like. What the heck's going on? Locks and PK lyrics. Jake is going to get Aretha Franklin's respect. PK is being egged on to sing, which is DJ's worst nightmare. He's seriously worried about the well-being of the show. Your career is running back through your eyes right now, starting back in the early days of Santa Barbara with Jim Rome and then to Sacramento, <laughs> and you're thinking about what a nice run it's been. This is your and life. How, and then the fun nights at the Hog Wallow after Sunday shows, and now you're like, it's all coming to an end with PK singing a song that Locks Locked On producer wrote for PK, 
with Jake with having the music in the back. It's it's all coming to an end, isn't it, DJ? I'm really uh, right now playing solitaire, and I need the ace of clubs. Okay, that's probably the right approach. So what is this song you wrote? Originally, I thought you wanted to sing a hit, but now you've got something. Oh, the defense. Do you think it's funny? But guess what? First place, honey. All I want to do to Rudy. Get him. Rudy, Rudy. Hey, Rudy. Whip it to me. (laughs) He said this tune. That's not half bad. I see where you're going with this. Keep going, PK. There's more. I was waiting for the chorus. <laughs> for, for Rudy Donovan. No, for Donovan and Rudy, respect. Better than Joel Embiid. This is, this is decent. Yeah. All the defense. You think it's funny. I like that. But guess what? First place, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Respect. That's what we've been talking about all day, for sure. Yeah. Man, it's not coming. Despite the record, the respect isn't equal to the record. And I thought that winning is where it's at. But yet we find out in terms of respect, winning isn't where it's at. What more could they do to get that respect? I don't know. I mean, I hate to say it, but, like, kind of the most disappointing part of this, right? Like, and I don't, and and I'll admit, like, I'm a bit concerned of what they must be thinking, right? Like they must be thinking like, what else do I have to do? Like, and, and the, and the idea that Donovan, I mean, you know, Hey, was it conscious? Did it just happen? Was it just funny? I mean, who knows? Right. I, I, I don't know what your guys vibe on that is. Do you think that LeBron and Durant decided that these little pipsqueaks are, you know, moving into our territory and, they better, you know, shut up because it's going to be the Lakers versus Brooklyn, and that's the way the world's supposed to be, and we're not interested in having these guys, you know, claim that they're not getting the appropriate respect or getting the appropriate calls and trying to disrupt our system because this is what, you know, you know, we're, we're not interested in, in the third-party candidate, um, and they're the third-party candidate, so we're going to put them in our place. Like, was it a conscious effort last night? And that was their little humor amongst themselves, like you have when, you know, when you're like eighth grade boys playing around and leaving someone out. Like, I don't know. Um, that's, I guess that's up for, for everyone to just try to decide on themselves. Or did it just kind of happen the way the draft goes? Like Rudy's not that surprising. He's not per se the way you would want an all-star, you know, he doesn't, it's not an all-star player, like all-star game player. He actually just wins. So, I mean, but it is, it's disappointing. Like these guys have got it. Like they're not in a great mental state after the way they reacted on to the Philadelphia game. And then to have this be the next day, like, and the problem to me is that it's not about anything they've done to your point, PK. It's all about where they play and where we live and what our market is. And that's everything Ryan's trying to overturn. Thank goodness he is trying because it's clear that that's, you know, uh, still a pretty prevalent issue, both in the heads of the jazz players, but also in the heads of every other player in the league. So I think it was pre-planned. I think they knew what they were doing, and they have their reasons for doing it, and I think they did it mostly to entertain themselves because I think whether they do it or not, LeBron's, LeBron's planning on winning the NBA title. I mean, in that moment, the two of them can you know, gang up on two jazz players who went off, and I expect will you know, be fine for it. 
Um, but that's how LeBron's going to look at KD in a final. I mean, that's how he's going to look at everybody when the time comes. Right. It just happens he's focused on the Jazz right now. But that's literally how he looks at everybody in the league. And that's how he looks at his teammates the day the, before they become his teammates and the day after they're no longer his teammates. Because you don't get to where LeBron is if you don't look at other players that way. So I don't so what, think there so was any your, accident was guys, about it. What was your guys' take on this? What was your, like... I mean, I also wasn't watching. It's not something that was high on my list of like, oh, I'm stopping my day to go watch it. So you hear about it afterwards, which means that I didn't get that like real time reaction. Like, oh my gosh, what's happening here? Um, and that's the one that actually, like, in my like, wonder how Donovan and Rudy are feeling because that's got to be the real time. Um, well, it depends on whether they think that this was totally legit and they l- literally think they're the two worst players at the All Star game, which I don't think they think. I think having already been to an all-star game, they've already shown that. They're not the replacement guys who are added in. Uh, So if they sit back and think, hey, LeBron's trying to play head games with us, getting ready for the playoffs, I think they'll take it differently than if they think, oh, this was serious and it was all planned, you know, this is actually how good we are. No, I think LeBron's playing head games before the playoffs. Why wouldn't you? You can. Why wouldn't you? You don't really need to because you're LeBron. Taking it as a compliment that uh, that he actually might be a little concerned? Um, That would be one way you could. You could also take it as, this guy's trying to bear us on TV, bleep this guy. (laughs) Save it. Save it. We know from watching the documentary, Jordan would have saved that for a playoff series. Or maybe for that two-game set they're going to have in April in L.A. Save it for that. LeBron's going to try to sweep it if they're healthy. And do you need, like, is that something that you need? Like, like I guess that's the one question I would have. Like, is do you, should you have to have that motivation for games like that? Is it really going to make a difference? Did I just lose you? I guess, you know, I was thinking about what you said there and seeing if PK wanted to jump in. You want to jump in, PK? I I don't have an immediate answer that came to my head to where I could just say, "Gum and go down this road. I'm going to go down that road." And 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 when I first heard about it, you know, I didn't put much stock into it. But then, as because I didn't, I wasn't watching it live either. But then when I hear, well, I want height, and I pick Sabonis, who's obviously tall. But if I want height, then I'm going to pick Gobert. Was that an intentional slap in the face? I. I I, I normally wouldn't think so, but I'm going down the road of yes. But the good thing, and Locke, you and I have had these discussions about how, you know, Hayward might have talk, thought, well, I'm never going to be able to achieve what I want. Now, you, you know these guys better than I do because I don't know them at all, actually. I just know them as ball players. But it seems to me that these two in particular are going to use that to the benefit of the Jazz, not the detriment, which matters the most. Yeah, I would hope so. I, I don't know. It doesn't feel good. I'm not going to like. I'm not going to be the play-by-play announcer. Is just a total Pollyanna here, and like, and just says, "Oh, everything's great," and they'll use his motivation, and it's perfect. I just, I don't. And I apologize for that. If that's what people want out of me, it's not really what I've ever done in my 30 years of my career. So if you're expecting it today, you're probably chosen the wrong day. Um, but it doesn't feel great. Like they've done everything right. 
Like, Donovan can't be a better person. Rudy can't be a better story in our minds, and yet they're still dealing with all this crap. It just feels really... Yeah, but maybe, maybe they're like, dealing, and, but maybe they're dealing with this crap because they're finally a threat. They didn't yeah, deal with I mean, it last yeah. year. It would have been better to do this last year if you're just going purely on basketball value. They hadn't been in an All Star game before, but they were battling for the four, five, six spot, and they eventually ended up six, partly because they wanted to, and they weren't a threat. Now they're number one, and they think they're number one. Yeah, it might be dangerous. I mean, you're LeBron. You're thinking, well, if I have yeah. my whole team, that's the most important thing. And he'd probably be right about that. The second thing is, hey, I don't need any young guys coming for the crown. Let's knock them down a peg. And if that, if it doesn't feel good and that gets in the Jazz's head, then LeBron's won. Um, right. Yeah. No, that's right. Right. And if that's, that's the, there's the two approaches of how you're going to look at this is that they, consciously saw the Jazz as a threat and so that they decided to use their power when they could to minimize them and make them feel, you know, little. Um, and the other is that, you know, we're just going to pick on Utah because that's what we do. Because Utah's, you know, Utah's that kid and that kid gets picked on every day at school. Yeah, rather than worrying about what LeBron and Durant are thinking or doing, I'm more concerned about what the Jazz players are thinking and doing. And unlike Hayward, who may have felt slighted, he had the free agency coming up. These guys don't. Gobert took it away by agreeing, and obviously with the restricted free agency, the Jazz have the opportunity to re-sign Mitchell. So these guys know that they're here for the next few years. So there's not that concern about, well, does he feel slighted enough to where he needs to run off to a bigger market, a la Hayward to Boston. That can't happen. So the good thing is that these guys can make positives out of it, and we as a fan base don't have to worry about, well, they want out. Because they're not, they don't want out, and they can't go anywhere. And then with Ryan Smith aboard, it seems like from appearances on the outside, because I'm not on the inside, that he's going to do whatever he can. So this can be something that can work to their advantage. Yeah, I mean, this is, this is the, I mean, I think maybe the frustration is that they've done so much well, and they're still dealing with this, right? Like they're really great. The franchise has been built well. There's been, um, you know, they've built a great team. They're playing the right way. They have a desirable head coach. They they have two young stars that are great teammates. I mean, everything's good, and yet you're still, why can't you just have it be good? Um, and the last, you know, 48 hours have been, you know, a pretty interesting frustration by these guys that was a lot more than about that night, the way I heard those quotes. That wasn't like that they had talked about it for five minutes before they went on. They you know, they, they clearly feel as though um you know, that they're that they're rolling that this is an ongoing issue that they don't get the respect they deserve and then this gets added on. Yeah, I get that part of it. And I'd be more concerned about Philly and the and the refereeing because if you think um, if you think that in any close game you're going to have to wear, I don't know what it is, two, three, four, five bad calls, and you got to overcome those, you're thinking, we got to beat everybody by 10? Because deep down you might be thinking, well, we could beat everybody, but we can't beat everybody by 10 four times. And that, I understand how that would get in their head. So if that is the problem, I kind of get it. 
Uh, but I think if you sit back and look at it and say, hey, LeBron didn't do this last year. Why is he doing it to you this year? You know? Yeah, I think that's an interesting so, perspective. So I think I haven't talked about this with anyone yet. Like, so this is interesting to me because I, um, you know, it just happened and it. it yeah. And I kind of with PK, like, where my first reaction was like, who freaking cares? And then as the night went on, I was like, eh, gosh, maybe it does. Like, maybe I do care a little bit. Like, I, and I, then I, and and then I started to try to put myself in Donovan and Rudy's shoes using the Stephen Covey you know, seven habits of highly effective people view it from someone else's lenses. And it'd be really crappy to be sitting there last night, you know, excited to see where you go. And then you become the brunt of a joke. Mm -hmm. Like that sucks. What would Jordan do? Did you not, did the America or at least the sports viewing portion of America just sit and watch a 10 part documentary? Cause there was nothing else on. We all watched it. What would he do? We know the answer to that. Yeah. And that's true. But like, we got two young guys that, are still trying to establish themselves in the league and being second time all-stars and going to the all-star game as the number one team in the league. This was like, I think a really big, you know, last year was like, Oh my gosh, we're here coming, coming of the experience. And, and this year I thought was really interesting that like, it was never discussed for one minute, like whether or not they're all-stars, they're just established as perennial all-stars. They're the number one team in the league. Like I thought, you know, this could have, wasn't going to be like a coming out party, but they could have, and maybe this is your point, DJ, is that they had a chance to walk into Atlanta with a little strut, and maybe LeBron and Durant were like, we're not going to have that. Like, we're not going to have somebody else come in here with a little strut. This is still CP3, Durant, LeBron show, and this is how this is going to work. And so maybe that's what it was all about. And that, uh, but, but clearly they don't get to have that experience the way I think in whether they ever openly thought it or in their heart of hearts that they were hoping to have, which is, hey, I'm here for the second straight year, and now, now I belong. All right, yeah, I, I agree with you completely. If that's their line of thinking, I can understand that. But the reason why I view what happened in Philadelphia as a positive, a short-term negative, no question, but I appreciate the way that they both, and Rudy wasn't even supposed to speak, and he came out and said what he said, and we know what Donovan said, so be it. I support their right to say whatever. Fine them. I don't really care about that. They got the money to – it's not going to make a dent in their financial world. But the positive is that when we get to the postseason, everything is heightened. And because of what happened in Philadelphia and because of what they said afterward, to me, they are going to get a much fairer shake when it gets to the postseason because the league cannot allow that to happen to a small market team. So the league is going to protect itself because its integrity is at stake. And even though the world, I agree with you, wants LeBron and Durant and New York City, Brooklyn versus Los Angeles, I completely agree. The league can't afford to have that anointed. It has to, if it plays out, so be it. So I view what happened in Philly when it gets to the postseason as to the Jazz's benefit in terms of getting as much of a fair shake as you can get. What you really need right now, David, is you need someone like Mark Cuban, who's been around now, and I know he's a wild guy when he came in, but I think he's viewed a little differently now, to say to the league, yeah, I get the TV contract is coming up, and yes, we will negotiate off the ratings, but we got such a good thing going now, we've got way more to risk by having this perception out there than we have to gain by actually getting the Lakers versus the Nets. If the Lakers versus the Nets earn it, so be it. But there can't be any hint of us messing around. 
The NBA is not where it was in 1985. If indeed the NBA was messing around then, well, you know, the games are on tape delay in the early 80s and the finals. We know all those stories, right? Right now, the league is really successful internationally, and it looks like the arrow is still pointed up. So someone like Cuban needs to say, there can't be any hint, any hint. We have way more to lose than we have to gain. And if there's one thing owners understand, it's money. They ought to understand that. And I think the thing that jazz players have to understand is this is going to be a lot harder. Yes, you've got good people doing things the right way, and that's not enough. You need it, but you need more than that. You need an edge. You're taking something that other people want. You're taking something other people have devoted their whole lives to getting, and they are wildly talented, too. You think LeBron doesn't want a fifth title? It matches magic. He's in L.A. You bleep and bet he wants that fifth title. You think he wants a sixth title to match Jordan? You think he wants a three-peat because he doesn't have one and Jordan does? You think he doesn't want to be the GOAT? Yeah, he does. Absolutely. you got to take that from him. He's giving you nothing. And so they got to be prepared for that. That's a high bar. Yesterday, um, PK jumped me because I just dismissed the chance that the Jazz would play the Sixers in the finals. And I dismiss it because there's two teams who've never been to a conference final. I get individual guys have, you know, Conley has. But as a group, these teams have not been to a, a conference final. And you're asking them to, to win there and then get to the finals and look who they have to get. You think Durant doesn't want a title? Durant was happy-go-lucky when he came into the league, but he's been beaten down. He's been disappointed. He thinks ownership has let him down. When he went to the Warriors and said, I'll give stuff up because I just want to win a title, he got criticized for it. He wants a title so badly right now. He couldn't even smile halfway through that All-Star game because he's thinking about how bad he wants a title. You're going to have to take it from him, and you're going to have to take it from LeBron, and that's going to be so hard. And the Jazz and the Sixers kind of know it, but they don't completely know it. And they're going to have to figure it out on the fly, and that's going to be hard, and they might do it. But don't underestimate how hard this is going to be. Don't underestimate what you're trying to take away from these guys. That was kind of awesome. (laughs) Every once in a while. Now? I mean, that was... That was you at your best right there. I got nothing to say. I just think we should put that on tape and replay it. That was All right. Well, I mean, play it, play it for play it for Donovan and uh, Rudy and play it for Joe. That's what they were up against. That is what they're up against. And PK, this is where PK's right to dismiss what I say because I know it because I've watched it for decades. And I was watching in games and I've kind of learned it over time watching all these generations of players. But these guys are in their 20s and 30s. And PK was like, don't go off on these guys in a podium. They're, they're 24 or 28. How can they know? You know? And I've watched this with Magic and Bird because I'm old enough to remember that. And I watched it with... Uh, Bird and Isaiah Thomas, and then with Magic and Isaiah, and then with the uh, you know the whole Jordan rules thing. They weren't going. Jordan had to take it. They weren't going to let him have it. They wanted a three-peat real bad, and he took it. And And Donovan wasn't alive. Donovan wasn't alive. You know, you could see in his tweets when he watched that documentary, he was he was soaking it all in. But it's not the same. You saw it, and I saw it. It's different. All right, you know. PK, you know when like yeah. the veteran player goes back into like their bag of tricks and yeah. like they're yeah. thirty six, but they yeah, drop yeah, yeah. fifty still. Sure, like yeah, they still have it. Yeah. We just witnessed that <laughs> in person. I'm Chris Paul, and I found Booker. 
But man, I like, had to grab a couple people by the jersey. I'm lying down right out now. Of the way. <laughs> I mean that that was super, can I that was strong right there. I tell you what, I think you got a future in this business. <laughs> okay, well we'll see how it works out. Okay. All right, David, thanks for coming on. Bye. All right, David Locke, radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Joe Ingles is coming up at nine o'clock. Stay with us. Number one. Because you're number one preset. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJPK brought to you in part by Mark Miller. DJPK in the morning brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru. Joe Ingles coming up next. PK, you got questions for Joe? You ready for Joe? Oh, absolutely. I'm really much looking forward to it on the heels of uh, this mini controversy, I guess. I can't call it a full-blown. Or if you want to call it a full-blown, maybe go ahead. Uh, just get his thoughts on that. And What does he need as a 33-year-old over the All-Star break? Does he need to just sit on his butt? Is he going to go to the gym? What does somebody of his age at this stage of his NBA career need in this week off. Yeah, Bowler mentioned a lockout until Monday. I guess you could go to another gym, right? Although with the COVID rules, I don't know how, how that would work exactly. But I think they don't, really don't even want him in the facility. They really want him well, off that, their feet, mentally refreshing themselves, getting themselves away from work. He did have that hoop installed at his house, remember, last summer right? during the lockdown. Shoot some, go out and shoot some free throws. Yeah, I can board for him if he needs. Joe Ingles is coming up next. Stay with us. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Joe Ingles is going to join us momentarily here. Y'all can get him on the phone here shortly. So Joe will join us in this segment. Plenty of things to talk to him about as the NBA hits the All-Star break. Going to the break with the Jazz having lost 4 of 7. The Clippers having lost 5 of 7. The Lakers having lost 7 of 10. Dog days, injuries, bad calls, everybody's got a story, PK, but that's not a lot of winning from those three teams. And the Suns are now right in the middle of that group because they've won 16 out of 19. They are playing great. They beat a shorthanded Warrior team last night to make it 16-3 and in their last 19. So any of these teams really worried about the losses that are piling up now? Or once you see everybody else has them too, you figure, well, let's just get it straightened out and it doesn't matter. I mean, I think it matters in the moment, but it doesn't matter in the postseason. So, yes, it matters, but it's not like I'm going to go crazy and panic and all that stuff. Uh, you know, if it extends, because they're going to have a break now, so everybody should come back refreshed, obviously. A, a, a week off is a long time. And so let, let's see how the Jazz do, uh, particularly, because that's the team we care about the most, obviously, when the <clears throat> season resumes, what, a week from today. And then, then they'll, they'll probably have a little bit of a slump over the course of those 36 games, too. And then you regroup and you get ready for the postseason when it matters the most. They're going to hit a slump because you think there's something built in they hit a slump, or you're just playing the odds? It's 36 just, just games. More, more, more the odds, yeah. Okay. I haven't mapped out, like, oh, this stretch, that stretch. Uh, 
No, so I haven't done that right now. I'll probably look at that. We'll have some time next week to talk about that stuff and prepare for the second half. But I'm just going, just generally speaking, that they're probably not going to keep up the pace that they had had before this little four of seven spiel. And even in the four of seven, the games have been right there. So it's not like they were uh, getting smoked and getting run out of the gym and all that stuff, too which I think there's something to be said for that, these comebacks. And the Philly game was largely, for the, from their perspective, you know, a decent game. If that was a playoff loss, knowing that you lose a singular game and you don't want to lose any in the playoffs, I, I, I get that. I would, accept, I would deal with that. But it wouldn't be like if that was game one, thinking, oh, my gosh, they got no chance against these guys. And so – I still think they're in a pretty good spot, and they think they're in a good spot. And the thing that I think is most important about this Gobert-Mitchell thing is these guys are locked up. We've got them for you know the next yeah. X amount of years. So they want to win. So that's why I think that all this crap is going to be used as fuel, is going to be used as positives, because they're not going to – they got nowhere to go. This is this is their thing, and a year ago at this time here, uh, we're we're like uh, fifty two, fifty three weeks away from hearing that the relationship was unsalvageable. Well, this ought to be bonding you together, <laughs> well, big I, time. I think I think it clearly did. I think that's why Rudy comes out when he doesn't have to. All right, DJ and PK, it is time to hear from Joe Ingles, the Joe Ingles Show with DJ PK on the side, is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union. As the longest-serving credit union in Utah, Cypress Credit Union is here to help with all your financial needs. Cypress Credit Union, your future is our future. Hey, yeah! This is the Zone Sports Network. Back to Joe, and he'll flush! And it's time to hear from the best-looking, most charismatic, and certainly the most intelligent member of the Utah Jazz. Jingle Bells! Joe Ingles. Gives it back to Joe till the cop slams it in. And yes, for the record, Joe wrote this introduction. This is the Joe Ingles Show (laughs) with DJ and PK. Who? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network. Time to welcome in Joe Ingles. There are so many topics on the table. But first, Joe. How are you enjoying a little downtime? How are you enjoying a little break? Let's before we worry about the issues. Let's worry about Joe. I ain't got no. I ain't got no issues. I don't know what issues you got, but um, I no. It's it's very nice to be honest. Um, got to spend the whole day at home yesterday with the, the kids, and um, got to drop. I just dropped Jacob at school, which I never really ever get to do, which was nice and. Um, I mean, honestly, just to kind of be around the family as much as um, I love what I do, it's been, uh, and, I, and obviously this is every team, but it's been a, a bit more of a grind this year. And with the, the testing and all that, we have to test. So we, we do all our usual day of mornings testing, and then we practice, and then we have to go back and test at night between five and seven or whatever it is. So, a lot more time in the car and out of the house, and um, so I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna use this week to to actually spend some time with my. I felt like I haven't seen Jack's 15 weeks yesterday, and I felt like I haven't even spent any time with him. So 
um, yeah, it'll be a lot of time sitting at home with, with the family. So for you, you staying out of the gym, staying off your feet completely this entire week? Oh, I don't know about that. Um, I said I'll spend more time <laughs> with the family. I don't think I'll stop. Um, I didn't do anything yesterday, and, and, and um, I'm not doing anything today. But we'll kind of get back into it on the weekend um, slowly. Um, obviously, it's only a, I think it's a week break we ended up getting. Um, so you don't want to, I mean, everyone's going to, we, we've all got it specific kind of schedules to do. Some guys will do more than others. Some guys will do less. Um, obviously, Donovan, those guys have got a, a busy weekend and, and obviously playing the heavy minutes that they play is different to me. I mean, I, I feel really good up to this point. Yeah, I just want to... Obviously, I guess for me, for, for everybody, but for me personally, I want to make sure I'm still in a good place come Thursday, Friday next week and, and ready to get back into it. Um whilst switching off as well for a few days. So we know you had to miss some games and it broke your Ironman streak earlier this year. Is a week off good for that injury, or are you 100% and that thing's in the rearview mirror and it doesn't really matter? Uh, I'm gonna, to be honest, um, I think I'll always, at, at my age, and the amount of games we play in our scheduling and stuff like that, I don't mean I'm in pain or anything like that, but I've got to maintain a certain level of exercise that I do every day. Um, I skipped them yesterday because I was exhausted. We got home at 3 a.m. and the kids ran in at 7 o'clock to wake me up and say good morning. So I missed it yesterday, but I'll I'll do it today. Uh, I can do it at home and and stuff like that as well. So um, it's something that I'll... I think there's a... Like I said to you guys kind of before, as you get older you realise the certain things that you enjoy doing for your body and that, that obviously make you feel good and um, these kind of exercises and stuff that, with my Achilles and my knees and stuff like that is just stuff that I uh, I do every day anyway, um, so I'll continue to do that through this break, it's only a kind of 10 15 minute little routine and I can kind of do it anywhere really. So we know what Rudy and Donovan said when they were on the Zoom call the other night after the Philadelphia game. If Joe Ingles would have been on the Zoom call taking questions, what would he have said? I probably would have gone, wow, have they been, have they been fined or will they get fined? I haven't heard. I haven't heard. I'm assuming they're going to get fined, but I haven't heard. Well, if they haven't, my fine would have already been out already. And if it was fine, it would be double whatever they're going to get. <laughs> no, I, I mean, it's. I mean, you get a part of it too is the heat of the moment as well. And obviously, we felt like um, I'm going to have to tip the toe, tip the line here. Um, but yeah, I'm obviously, obviously, there were some things that went on that we felt could have gone more towards our way than the other way. But a part of that too is. Like you try and you try and kind of blank them out. You try and not not let them be a part of it or not let them affect you. But I mean, we're all humans, and things affect us. And we, we think some things go one way, and the other. Like it's just a. I'm sure they're sitting there saying Joe fouled me on this play, or, or Ben got fouled on this, or whatever it is. It's just a hard. Um, it's a, we're all we've all got tough jobs, including them, but. Um, it is what it is. We'll uh, hopefully after the break, Donovan will calm down and we'll, we'll be back to 
to playing basketball again. You know, I don't, uh, I have never in my life looked at a two-minute report until, um, until Thursday. That was the first time, and I, I'm 100% serious about this, Joe. The, the game's over. It doesn't matter what they say, and I, I hear about it third-hand, certainly, but I couldn't be bothered to look it up. But I thought, well, this time I have to. This was too big a deal. And they list the, the correct no calls, the correct calls, and the incorrect calls. And the thing about refereeing is, A, they have to let some stuff go because it's entertainment and nobody came to see them blow the whistle. And B, they miss a lot of stuff. And they have the video links to the play. So on this report, you can actually, and you can Google it. Any fan can Google it. Any fan can look at this thing. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know that. Oh yeah, it's out there. You can go and go. And there is a play specifically where, in the last two minutes, Donovan has to go in the back court to get a ball. And some people were wondering if it was over and back. And the refs missed two calls, and they got dinged for it. And one was Bullion traveled, and a hundred percent by the letter of the law, he did. He switched and/or slid his pivot feet, and they didn't call it. And uh, the defender was Ben Simmons. Ben kicked the ball, which real time I thought, I think Simmons kicked that. Um, but I wasn't sure because everything happened so fast. And so yeah. to a certain point, they, A, can't call everything because it'll wreck the entertainment. And then, B, they got to choose what to call and what not to, and they just miss stuff. And let's be honest, you guys are part of the problem because, not you personally, because you're, you know, you're Joe Ingles and you know, you're the guy. <laughs> but other players... Try to foul, my foul is going to be up there. Don't worry right, about exactly. I'm going to be using. But other players try to fool the refs, and guess what? Sometimes they do. I think where I had a little um, compassion for you guys is you have to attack the hoop. You can't shoot 83 pointers, and when you do attack the hoop, I thought there were a lot of no calls. It could have been fouls. You could have been at the free throw line. They could have been in foul trouble. Certainly, Conley early in the fourth quarter. So I get why that's frustrating. But there's a certain part of me that says this is never changing. This goes back to Wilt Chamberlain never fouled out in the 60s. I mean, before you were born, this was going on, Joe. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it, it's tough at times. And, and I think, like, like you said, you, you don't want the referees to be involved that much that they're taking over the game. Like, mm-hmm. If you can referee a game and not be noticed and no one even really realizes you're there and the game's a good game, like obviously one team's going to be pissed off because they lost at the end of the day but you you want it to be you want the teams to decide the game you want Ben Simmons versus Donovan in a whatever like whatever the situation is you want that, that's what everybody wants like you said like you want it we, we want it to be free flying we want to get up and down like we um, I also think on the flip side there's calls that are I've never I've never refereed at any type of level so I'm not going to say it's easy but I feel like there's obvious calls that that should get called Kind of no matter what, no matter how free flowing it is, like that was a foul. Like, I know there was one with uh, myself and Embiid where he, he ran into me off a post move. I was going to go trap him and he ran into me, and I I just assumed they were going to call a foul. Like, I didn't know what the right call is. Like, he swung through and kind of hit me in the chest, and we both, I think he fell over. I fell backwards. I just assumed they were going to call a foul on me. It was a, it ended up being a no call. I don't know if it was on a report or no. I wasn't in the, the last two minutes. It must have been just before that. But so, like some of it is, I, I don't know. I, I thought they were, I thought they were going to call a foul. So some of it is what they see and and at the time. But yeah, I mean it, it's it's frustrating when you lose a game like that that you feel like you could have and, and probably should have won. Um, 
there's also things on our end that if we just do things a bit better or don't have this turnover, we, we probably get the win as well. So, um, I mean, it's frustrating at times, but like you said, after the game, what are we like? What are we going to do? <laughs> we, we're in the locker room. We're not going to play another. We're not, two minute reports not going to come out. We're going to suit suit back up for two minutes to replay those those possessions. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll keep playing the way we play. We'll keep attacking the hoop. We'll keep shooting our threes. We'll keep defending the way we defend, and um, yeah, hopefully we, we keep winning games. So, as we already said, the two stars come out and they were very vocal. Then LeBron and Durant picked them next to last and last. LeBron says, I want height, and he picks Sabonis when Gobert is still out there. So there's all sorts of disrespect, however much you want it from the Jazz perspective, this small market team, blah, blah, blah. It's out there. How much really does that galvanize, if at all, the team? If I could swear on the radio show right now, I would, but I really don't give a... Uh-oh, 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 uh-oh. Finish that off however you... Uh, whatever word you would like to put in there. Um, I mean, like, again, like, what are, what are we going to do? Like, you want me to text LeBron and tell him, ask him why he said... Like, who cares what he said? Like, what, like he's, not on, he's not on my team. Yes, we realise how good a player he is and X, Y, and Z, but... They're not on my team. I hope that uh, Rudy and Donovan have a uh, have a really good kind of weekend or whatever it is, weekend away. Um, hope Coach coaching his first uh, All-Star game gets a, a hell of an experience. Maybe Coach can bench him after he didn't pick any, any of our team. Um, but no, I mean, for me, it's all about our guys enjoying what they deserve. Donovan and Rudy deserve it. Obviously, we think uh, Mike should have been in there, but that is what it is. And and coach and, and his coaching staff, because we can... Obviously, we're out there, and I think coach said it himself, like, we're the ones that kind of get out there and do what we have to do to win games and put him in a position to win coach of the month, whatever. But, you got, I mean, you guys know, and, and people closer to our team that have been around our team know how much kind of dedication and time and, and effort he's put in for seven years, not just this year. So, um, yeah, hopefully those those guys enjoy the, the, the couple of days that they're there and, um, yeah, then we'll get back into it after the break. You know, we talk about Quinn and uh, what he is like, and you've had some hilarious bits and all that, and you clearly really appreciate what he's done for a career. But the one thing that we've never talked about um, is inspirational Quinn. And I think sometimes that's what people do intentionally, but it's sometimes just how they are in the moment. And as much as the harping on the referees and all that gets old and it's not why I turn on basketball, I got to say, and I wonder how often this happens with you guys, he was so bleeping furious on a timeout with 10 minutes left of the game tied at 92. And the camera cuts to him just as he's flinging his arm. And there is no part of me that thinks he was mad at a jazz player. 100% of me thinks he was mad at a series of calls, and really, he was mad at a series of no calls. And I wonder, to what degree is he inspirational? When or how does he inspire you accidentally or on purpose? I mean, probably more than not, really. Um, Again, you guys have been around him and stuff. Like, he... Just the 
the time and the effort and the dedication and, and everything, like he, he can, he's one of those, I mean, it's, it's probably funny to say because I, I mean, myself and Rudy and, and Faith to a certain extent have obviously been here the longest. Um, but I've been here coming on seven years and, and still to this day, I, I mean, I remember the first kind of chat I had with him and, and still to this day, seven years later, like when he speaks, you listen. Like it's not a, and I'm not saying that as in like he's like authority wise, he's bigger than anyone or, or anything like that. But like, he's just one of those guys that when he speaks, you listen and, and he knows what he's talking about. And I've spoken about obviously like when he's individual with one-on-one with me, like the, the confidence that he gives you to go out there. And I remember games so many times that I've, he, he's called me in to sub out, like to sub someone in in the last two minutes or whatever it is. And I'm like, like coach, I don't have it. Like let let player blah 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 stay in. Like they're playing well. Like I just don't. And he's like, no, you like you're going to make a play or like you're going to hit a three here or whatever it is. And obviously a part of of that is a little bit of luck because you got to get the ball or whatever. But that confidence to to like he, he feels like he knows what he's doing and he wants to put me in or, or whoever it is for a reason. Um, and you're just like, like hell yeah, like <laughs> I'm going to make. I'm for sure going to like. Then you get the ball and the confidence that he gives you to, to be in those situations. Um, but even not those situations, like listening to a scout, like you can see how how much time and effort and the dedication that, that his whole staff's put into that and and all of that combined. Like this, this is, again, like it's kind of weird because for me it's like it's every day. Like it's not <laughs> – you guys get the media might hear him in, a, in an interview or, or they might catch him on the street prior to COVID and but we, we hear we get to listen to him every day. Like it's it's really cool to to be around a guy like that that's so dedicated and passionate and um l- literally would do whatever it takes for, for for us to win a game. So with that in mind, Joe, do you take it as a personal sense of pride in that Quint Snyder is coaching in the All Star game because that literally means you have the best record? Yeah, of course. I mean it's I I kind of went back and forth with him a little bit about this of, of congratulating him and, and for him it was like, well, it's all, like, kind of like this silly conversation of like, no, it's you. Like, no, it's you. No, it's you. Like, he just kept saying that the praise of the team and obviously the dedication that we've put in as a team to, to play the way we're playing and um, defend the way we're defending and, and, and have the best record. Like, there's no secrets that we've got the best record like everyone knows that we know that um it's cool but it's not like what we want to do in the the scheme of everything so it, it's gone and on the flip side from my point of view of it it's like well quinn like realize what you've done since you've like we were a whole and no disrespect to anyone prior to this but when i got like we won 20 i think it was 20 whatever it was 25 games 20 something games my first year like that's a that's a, a big uh jump to where we are now i mean we've, we've won I actually, i've got no idea what our record is now but i think we've already won 25 games so like it, it, it's a credit to him for one for the jazz to sit him down seven years ago or whatever it was and, and actually sign him and then two for for the process to stick with it and i think it would have been very easy to to not throw in the towel but the frustration sets in you're winning 20 games it's it's not Extremely far. I remember doing. We did the same. I mean, back in you guys remember sitting at practice and so like, we did 
these same drills in the morning every day for probably the first three years. Defensive drills. This is how I want you to defend. We're going to do this. This is how I want you to close out. This is how, like, everything to the smallest details. And, uh, I mean, obviously, a lot of the players that were there aren't here now, but the couple of us are here. Like, we, we still remember it, and, and we tell stories. Like, we joke about it with Coach now um, about those days. But, yeah, it's been a, it's been a long time coming. So he, he should be, obviously, extremely proud. And I hope he does take a minute during the game or sometime there to... Um, to just kind of soak it in and, and appreciate what, what he's brought to this organization. Just for the record, Joe, you have won 25 games. You have 27 wins and nine losses. You win in 75% of your games. So <laughs> I had no idea what our record was, to be honest with you. How, how many guys on the team know that? Because the games are coming fast and furious. It's, you know, it's testing, it's practice, it's testing, it's game, it's airplane, it's testing, it's practice, it's airplane, it's testing. You know? And so it, how many guys know that you're 27 and nine? I mean, it's weird, I guess, because it is um, like you, you know, like I, like I'm not, like I know, I knew we were top. Like I'm not saying that I've sat here and then oblivious to the whole world of what's going on, but um, yeah, specifically, I had no, really, no idea what we were. Um, but I, like you said, like it's just by the time we get here, test, practice, do whatever we have to do, recover, get home, eat. I go pick up like pick up the kids from school, and then between then and bedtime, it's like a zoo at home. It's just like crazy kids running around and whatever. And then kids go down. I've got to go back and test again, and then come home, have dinner with Renee, and then before you know it, you're going to bed again. So it's not like we're. I'm sure it's obviously different. Like Donovan's going home and probably shooting zombies on his video game for a couple of hours or whatever. Like <laughs> there's definitely guys that probably realise more than than others, but co- coaches the same. <laughs> There's been so many times that coach will come in and be like, I don't know what our record is, but I know we're good. I know we're like top or I know we're like up there, um, which maybe he's just saying that to us. But like we know, we know we're in a good position, obviously, but we've got a lot more to do. So the uh, the goal is a lot bigger than being top in whatever date it is now, middle of All-Star break or whatever. Well, Joe, as we head into this time off, Make sure you give my love to Renai and the kids. <laughs> oh, no. I'm definitely not going to do that. <laughs> Why not another day and the kids? <laughs> she might be listening anyway. You might you might have a – she probably won't be listening, but – Renee, enjoy Joe at home during this week, okay? <laughs> I'm sure she will. She'll probably be kicking me out. She'll probably be kicking me out to go back to the gym to be honest. Well, when you leave and you hug everybody, just uh, hug the American kid first and a little longer, okay, for PK. Nah, you know what happened yesterday or the day before? Australian passport came through. Ah, there it is. We have it in our hand. The American passport is now in the basement, in the storage, in 11 bags that he will never find. Joe, did you ever hear Bruce Springsteen born in the USA? You can never change that, buddy. I don't have to. I don't have to change it, but I can never acknowledge it. Wow! You get whether you acknowledge it or not, it doesn't matter. It's I'm a fact. That my kid was, is not American. He's Australian. He, born in the USA, Joe, the greatest <laughs> country in the world. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'll lose those documents and just keep his Australian passport. No one will ever know. Never know. <laughs> You'll lie to him. You were born in Melbourne, Utah, of all places. <laughs> Holy cow! I know, that's crazy, right? Oh, my gosh.
<laughs> hey, with with Donovan and uh, and Rudy getting drafted last, are they insulted by that? Do they think LeBron was messing with him because uh, you know he's the big dog and he didn't want he doesn't want any young guns coming for the crown? I mean, I hope they haven't overthought it. Like I know Rudy won't because Rudy doesn't really overthink too much. But um, no, I don't think they would overthink it at all. I think it's again, it's just one of those things that like. Not that they're just happy to be in the game, but they've, they've, I mean, it's obviously a hell of an achievement to, to do what they've done and, and, and get on that team and, and play in the All Star game. So I think um, at this point, I would hope they're, uh, I don't even know where they both are. Wherever they both are, they're enjoying their break and, and getting some rest and um, probably laughing about it a little bit. And then they'll, they'll go and enjoy the weekend. All right, Joe, you enjoy your uh, time off, and we will talk to you again next week when you get ready to rev everything up. We will. Appreciate it, guys. All right, thanks, Joe. Joe Ingles, there he is. Renee and the kids. Do you ever get tired of saying that? No, it's fun. (laughs) Renee and the kids. (laughs) It's fun, man. Again, Joe comes through. They're not even playing this week. Boom, he shows up. Yeah, it would have been easy for him to uh, say I need some downtime. Lots of people would, but Joe doesn't, and he's here, and we appreciate it. The Joe Ingles Show is brought to you by Cypress Credit Union, where your future is our future. All right, everything you missed in this show, we'll get it all wrapped up next. Stay with us. The Big Show. The Big Show. With Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Let's get out to the zone phone. He is Tim Lacombe. I have a guest with me right now. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. David Rose. Hey. How you doing? Dave, I want to ask you about what's happening in basketball. This emphasis on the three-point shot. It is unbelievable. I was watching the team in the SEC. The entire second half did not shoot a two-point shot. They shot a three-pointer or a free throw. That tells you where the game's going. The Jazz have got four shooters on the floor all the time, and sometimes five. I would hate to be a defensive guy right now because those are the guys who have really got the challenge of trying to figure out how they're going to stop these teams that are putting space on the floor and great shooting. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7. Presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. I just want to say something because there's no slander. There's no slander to the Utah Jazz, but you guys got to understand. You guys got to understand, just like in video games growing up, we never played with Utah. Even as great as Carl Malone and John Stockton were, we would have never picked those guys in video games. I played in the Olympics, right? And I was trying to recruit everybody. You know, I'm talking to everybody. Nobody's coming to Utah. I'm a really good player at the time. But I know, I'm a, number one, I'm a point guard. You don't win championships with just a point guard, mm-hmm. right? You need pieces. You know, we need other pieces. And like all I saw the writing on the wall was nobody is going to come to Utah. Not one person I've ever talked to was interested in coming to Utah. <laughs> it just was a reality. That's Roger Bell's podcast. That's Darren Williams. And apparently he never spoke to Carlos Boozer and Mehmet Okur. Didn't Whole talk to him. fecal matter. <laughs> I think his point was the guys he wanted, who he thought could beat the Lakers, who they lost to three times in four years during his, his – uh, he had four playoff runs in Utah. Oh, so who do you want, LeBron and Dwayne Wade? Yeah, probably. I mean, he had to beat he had to beat Kobe in a uh, front line that averaged six ten or six eleven, and the Jazz were skilled but undersized. So yeah, I think he was so out leave. there looking at a handful of guys. So run, and he did. I mean, the that Jazz out. the Jazz ultimately traded him because they thought he was going to leave. But I think everybody who was following it thought he was going to leave because he was going to leave. 
Yeah, you know what my mother would say? <laughs> Bleep and hit the road. <laughs> Pretty much what Kevin O'Connor said. More with actions than words. But like, all right, if you can leave, I'm going to get something for you. And, you know. That was then, this is now. What has changed between then and now? In a decade, an NBA generation. Everything. Everything changes in 10 years. Are you kidding me? Digital media, you can be a star anywhere. The three-point shot, huge equalizer. The advent of foreign players, the the friggin' fireplace they built at the practice facility. They got a fireplace over there. (laughs) They did. Anything to make you comfortable when you walk in. Stockton Malone, the statues, were they at Westminster? They have a fireplace there? They literally built stuff in that building so that the players, as they walk in, never have to double back. Everything you need as you walk in is kind of all a progression to get you out onto the practice floor. You need that breakfast snack when you get there a little early, and there's the chef, and there's the kitchen, and there's the fireplace. And those, those uh, what are, sofas, couches, what are they? They're a cross between a sofa and a throne. <laughs> they're built a, a lounge chair. Yeah, they're but they're bigger. They're, I mean, everything's built for you know guys who are six six and seven feet. I mean, they Super look luxurious. Comfy. Yeah, they they look luxurious. Whatever they are, they'll take care of you as well here as any place in the world. Everything's changed. That perception has been chipped away, and it used to be an iceberg, and now it's not. It's just, it just isn't, man. Sure, it's not the glamour spot, but as David Aldridge had in his story on The Athletic of Monday, it was a great piece. Guys debunking it, uh, Derek Favors. Derek Favors, man. Derek Favors, he loves it. He, he came back. That sent a message. That's what I'm saying. Donovan Mitchell can really take this franchise to a place that, it hasn't been. And I realize they've been to the finals, but I'm going beyond that. You're talking about making it cooler, making it more fun, making acceptable. it something desirable and acceptable. That. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's one of our own. You know, Gobert is still a foreign guy. Mitchell, he's a U.S. guy, played Patino. We all know his background. And I just think that. He can sell it. And plus, the guy, my gosh, he's got so much charisma. I mean, not everybody who is as good as he is has that much ability to express themselves the way he does. And he, people are drawn to him. That's just a fact. People are drawn to this kid. And that's, you know, Stockton was awesome. But how many people were drawn to Stockton? You know what I mean? Nope. Uh, he didn't want to have people draw him. He, that's what he chose. Yeah. And that's fine. That's who he was. You know, and I think you got to add style of play in there because one criticism I heard. Um, For sure you do. Was that, man, if you go to Utah, the ball is always in yeah. Stockton and Malone's hands. Look the percentage of shots those two guys get and the assists. Jeff Hornacek can shoot it, and he's a decoy getting, you know, seven shots one night and 12 shots another night. And, like, where do I fit in that? And now you look at the style of play, and Conley doesn't make an all-star game because the stats aren't big enough, but the stats aren't big enough because, at minimum, you have to acknowledge the guys have the Jazz have three different guys starting the offense. But I think if you look a little closer, you could say it's four. It's probably not five, but it's four and a half um, guys who can initiate the offense, and it spreads out the points. So there's room for you. 
there's room for you to get shots and to handle the ball and to create. Yes, I think that's, that's an important element. That's a great point. Absolutely. I totally agree with you. All right, so there's uh, there's the podcast with Raja Bell, and if you missed it, well, it's only been available since last night, so you can still grab it and listen to the whole thing with D-Well. I hope Mitchell gets like 50. You know, the thing is, as much as things have changed, they've stayed the same because in that area, he was trying to figure out how to beat the Lakers, and right now there's jazz fans listening to this thinking, how are they going to beat the Lakers? How will that happen? And so, were to, I wasn't talking about Mitchell can change it exclusively on the court, though. Right. No. But I think it goes to the point that uh, can you put together, and it's still an open question, can you put together teams and a group that can take down the glamour? Because the glamour spots are still the glamour spots. And they yeah, but even if they weren't, there, the were, there was always going to be a team or teams you yeah. have to take down. It well, so good. happens right now. And who, who's to say? LeBron... It, the the time is short, so uh, Gobert and Mitchell could not even be thirty yet, and LeBron could be gone. But that doesn't mean you've just got a clear path to the NBA title because there'll always be somebody else. Right. Well, look at the five year run the Warriors just had. And That's a great example. They soon, were in the way of the Rockets. Yeah, and as soon as it's done, well, the Rockets are breaking down. But as soon as it's done, right. well, now the Lakers are in the way because they got LeBron. Right. When he's done, there'll be somebody else. Yes. It so happens to be LeBron, yeah. and we're gonna, he's, he's the king. LeBron is the king, deservedly so, because he's awesome. So with that in mind, he'll slip, and then there'll be somebody else. Maybe it's the Lakers again. Well, uh, who, who knows the, what's ahead. The last 20 years since Stockton and Malone, it's been the Lakers, it's been the Spurs, it's been the Lakers, it's been the Warriors, it's been the Lakers. Now, I know there's outliers in there. Dallas got, you know, Dallas got through that. They broke through that wall, and they got their title. Uh, there's some outliers. But basically, that's who's been going to the NBA Finals. Lakers, Spurs, Lakers, Warriors, Lakers. And there it is. How do you? Lakers, Spurs, Lakers, Warriors, Lakers, Jazz. Yeah, all right. Now you're talking. <laughs> now you're getting people fired up. All right, that's all big picture stuff. The smaller picture stuff, there were games last night. The Clippers lost to the Wizards, 119-117. As you pointed out earlier, Kawhi Leonard didn't play. Or excuse no, me, no, Paul Kawhi George. Leonard played. Paul George did not. Leonard started hot. He made like five straight shot, shots to start the game and then finished shooting 50%. Uh, so they've now lost five out of seven. The Jazz have lost four out of seven. The Lakers have lost seven out of ten. And if you, were, if you had a chance to take those three teams as a group or the field in the Western Conference to go to the NBA Finals— you take those three teams. Well, they and are the field. None of them are playing well. The Suns would be the one team they have a shot. They've won 16 out of 19. They beat the shorthanded Warriors. And there are so many wins we qualify with so-and-so didn't have player X, whoever it is. I mean, the Warriors last night, I said, well, the Warriors didn't have Steph Curry. And you immediately jumped in with, they didn't have Draymond Green. Or <laughs> they didn't have Obrey. So, yeah. so. He's a lesser player, but he's still a starter. Yep. And the Clippers didn't have George, so there are so many guys missing so many games, and uh, it's just the way it's going to be. So it's yeah, hard the to good get a thing if, if you're looking for the Jazz to be in the first place uh, seed, which we all are, might as well get it if it's there. Uh, that uh, through all this little little mini slump, if you even want to call it that, I'm, I'm hesitant to call it that, but they haven't lost any ground. Maybe Phoenix has gained a little ground on them. That's yes. it. 
but the two big dogs that we're most worried about haven't gained any ground on them. Nope. <clears throat> I guess if you really want to go negative and you really want to beat yourself up, Jazz fans, you'd have to say, this was a chance to pull away. But they're Not winning, you know, they're winning 75% of their games. I mean, big picture, that's the number. You are what your record says you are. I don't think you can pull away before you even get to halfway point of the season. Well, you can have a five-game cushion instead of two, and I get you can still you know, blow a five-game lead in 36 games, certainly. Um, but you could be further in front. Yeah, I, I get that, but what does that mean? Yeah. What does that mean in the postseason? Well, I don't still, know. You still got to win four, and the home court advantage can go away in game one. Yes. Uh, the Nuggets won. Are the Nuggets getting it together? And they're, to a certain degree, uh, Jazz fan might not mind that because you were talking earlier, like, the Nuggets are sitting in eighth place. I'd just like Wouldn't to play the Nuggets in the first I'd round. I'd just like to be the one seed and find out you got to deal with the Joker. Now, the thing is, is they've gotten it together here, and they've won four in a row. They've climbed to sixth. Uh, Good. Let them stay there. Yeah, right. <laughs> stay there on the other Let side. Somebody of the else have to play. They're they're going to give somebody a dogfight. I don't care who it is. Yeah. All right. Well, there's some of the basketball we've been talking about. A lot of jazz. A little bit of football. Alex Smith officially released by Washington. Not a surprise, but that happened this morning. Uh, ben Roethlisberger lowered his pay to 14 million. Uh, there, it's so funny to watch people on social media, man. Everybody's got an opinion. He ca- lowered his cap hit by like 15 million, really helped the team out financially. And there's people like, ah, he would have been out of the league. I find that hard to believe. Uh, he's still getting 14 million. Don't make him out to be this martyr. 14 million is still an enormous amount of money. But there's people out there, it's just 14 million. He's playing for peanuts. He had to take it, man. People are bringing all kinds of baggage to this debate. They were 11 and 0. I mean, they weren't exactly terrible. I know they crashed at the end of the year. But if we have some money, see if they can put some more players around him. All right, DJ and PK, coming up next, your feedback. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. I see that humming with the other team When a game is through and it always makes me scream Why don't we just walk off the court how they used to do Cause when the season's done That's when the Jazz can be pals with you (laughs) Decent? Always got a song in his heart And on the open mic You too can do that Or you can just, you know, speak your take if you want You don't have to you don't have to make it so musical. Grab the phone, use the open mic feature, and send us your take. It's right on our app. Yeah, on our app, just to clarify. Grab the phone, hit the app, hit the open mic feature, boom, 15 seconds of audio. Boom. There you go. We got people tweeting at us. Uh, we were just talking about changes in the NBA, changes in Utah. One thing that's changed with the Utah destination in the NBA, David tweets at us, is the influx of more international players. Utah doesn't have the stigma with international guys. Rudy loves it here. Bogey wanted to come here. Joe likes it here. They didn't grow up hearing any of the stuff the U.S. players might have heard. Mm, I wonder who's been saying that for a while. You. Thank you. Yeah, I, I believe that's an avenue to pursue. Sure, why wouldn't you? Even, even if they did have a, a stigma against it, so what? Uh, pr- pursue it because talent internationally is, some, in many cases now, is big-time talent. Big time. As big as you can get. Yeah, Luka Doncic is big time talent, and He's now at the top of the list. Nowitzki knocked down that list of uh, okay, you don't have to 
grow up in the U.S. You don't have to go to a U.S. college. You can still be the best player on a championship team. And the thing is, you can see how all this stuff is trending over 10 years. So change your thinking now because as you get an 18-year-old, what's it going to be like in 10 years? A 19-year-old, I guess. I'm assuming it's going to go to 18 here pretty quick. Uh, But what's it going to be like in 10 more years? You would think that this trend isn't stopping, that this will continue. It may level off at some point, but not yet. Well, even if it levels off, it's going to be better and more pertinent than it was. Talking about players who are a shorthanded case, haven't the Jazz lost to the big teams every time when all their stars were on the floor? That probably depends on how you define big team case, but off the top of my head I would say no. Because they've got a, well, you know, is Denver a big team? Uh, are the Clippers a big team? Because yes. weren't the Clippers healthy the first time they beat them? I believe they were. Yes. And is Milwaukee day, a big right? team? Because they've beaten Milwaukee twice. Uh, yeah, cer- what, what, certainly what, what, they do have wins over so, the Lakers, Clippers, and, and okay. Sixers who are shorthanded. But then you have to go and look at every other win that the other teams have had. Yes. If you're going to play that game, you just don't play it one way. Well, and I think the thing is with the Clippers, yeah, their record is outstanding when they have all their guys. But if you have all your guys so rarely, why do I think you're going to have all your guys in the playoffs? Uh, I think because that's where you're working toward. I think I, I would. Because they could have played I, in some of these games they yeah, missed. And I would they assume you're going to have the guys until I hear otherwise, where I don't assume that in the regular season. That's true. And they certainly sit games in the regular season that they would play in the postseason. There's Most little, definitely, A little yes. wiggle room there. That's sort of the curse of the NBA, and it's also the blessing because the NBA postseason, for me, is a must-watch. And you know, the regular season, maybe not, probably not as much, but I can live with that. It's give and take. Because there's enough games out there where players are playing so for me, I can watch. If, I, if this game isn't as good, well, then I can go to that game. And then, two during the season, well, then I can go to a college game or something. So I'm okay with it as long as it just doesn't get, get to be a joke and you're playing 50 games or something on a regular 82-game season. But then you get the reward at the end of the year when not only are they playing, they're giving you everything they got. Nobody has any excuses of being tired or this or that because you're all on the same travel schedule. Draper Ute, if your enjoyment of the NBA is dependent on national media or star players praising Utah, you will forever be disappointed. If the Jazz are good, win playoff series, perhaps a championship, and you tune those things out, ah, enjoyment. Problem is, Utahns can't do that. Yeah, they can't, but I think that's part of the enjoyment, too. They don't respect us. I think we sort of enjoy that in a roundabout, even maybe even perverse way. Like, that's who we are. Like to have a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, man. Well, what's the point of getting up each day if you're not angry and ready to show the world? You might as well just stay in bed. There's more jersey on the Wasatch front than I knew. <laughs> How about that? No wonder you settled here. It's not home, but it's kind of like home, and I like it. I'm going to show them. I'm working on some stuff today to show some people. All right, DJ and PK, we're out of time. Thanks to everybody who uh, tweeted at us this week. We'll get back to it next Monday morning, 6 to 10, right here on 97.5 at 1280 The Zone.